I don't think Fletcher can even get that high. Welcome to episode number 170 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, June 21st, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if the violence doesn't blow you away, the weather will. And from America's left coast, where it only gets darker from here, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Darker, lighter. I mean, it's all a question of perception, really. Well, we we are, at least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, now going to enter into a long period of at least six months where it gets darker and darker and the sun sets earlier and earlier each day. And we refer to this process as climate change. No, that's not climate change. <laughs> but well, I mean, we refer to the process as. Ah, yes. The people I, are like, oh, it's, it's not as light anymore. Oh, my God. It must be it, man-made. It, well, I, and I could use it being darker, you know, solstice solstice was was if you're in America, it was late last night. If you're in Europe, it was today, but earlier. Uh, and it, I it was so warm in my bedroom. I was laying awake and watching the sunrise and I looked over <laughs> and it said five oh seven a.m. was the freaking sunrise today. Yeah, it was probably a beautiful one, too. It was the sunrise is always I, my house is on a hill that faces east and I can see about 15 miles to the mountains and the sun comes up over that and a beautiful sun rises. And then, of course, you know, because there's a hill to the west of me, I never get any sun after about 2 p.m. So I never see a sunset, which I'm cool with because that's when it's warm. But it it was it was very pretty. And it was also did I mention five in the fucking morning? Yeah, I mean, I just I was sleeping peacefully. It is in the 60s in Chicago. The There's a nice cloud cover. This this kind of seems like your kind of weather. Only Bemrose can complain about beautiful summer sunrises. Well, we do have a body count. This was the weekend again, Chicago, and we have a body count. Well, yet we don't have any confirmed from the weather, but uh, we did have tornadoes roll through here last night. That uh, damage, uh, oh, well, they're saying well over 100 homes, and uh, some of them, uh, they're about 10% so far, like unlivable. So, I mean, some good tornadoes, so, uh, <laughs> you know, knocking your houses uh, down. Wait, uh, unlivable. This is Chicago. How do you tell? Well, this is the suburbs. So, uh, you know, they're actually nice houses. Okay. Then. Not anymore. Right. Not anymore. Not anymore. That came through last night at a uh, little bit after 11, which I I didn't even hear it. To be you honest, know, I, I went to bed about five. I got to admit, though, if, if you had tornadoes, then I'm actually suddenly a lot more satisfied. I'm, I'm OK with the sunrise suddenly. Yeah. When you don't have a deadly wind gust that will take roofs off of buildings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, this was uh, the typical kind of Chicago thing. They said it was the most severe tornado to come through the area since I think it was 2015. So, I mean, it was a little bit bigger than your average storm and it, it definitely did some damage there have been no reports of death yet which is good 
Um, because, other than the gunshot deaths, well, always. Yeah, we had those, but I, I like, didn't even it's, know. It's like your, it's like your noise floor. You, you only like you have to apply a noise gate to your news right. in order to not to to be able to see any of the tornado deaths through the the haze of gunshot deaths. According to uh, ABC Seven in Chicago, this weekend, forty nine shot, five fatally, and uh, there was video. With some people, even over on No Agenda Social, were pointing this out. It was on Twitter. People, no, no, I was, I was asking about gunshots, not the vaccine. Right, different shots. Uh, that's yeah. totally different. But uh, there was even video, which now, if this were changed slightly by the ethnicities the color of the skin of the people involved you know what the mainstream media would be doing but there's a video that is circulating of this weekend's violence in chicago which there was a a big puerto rican day celebration kind of thing i guess people come from all around to chicago for this and you know like people do with the gay pride thing we have we can talk about that too with the truck that went into the uh to the audience but the so some people, people really don't like the, they, they consider pride to be a sin. Yeah. Well, they, you know, for any of these things, they have the big flags, you know, that they have on their vehicles. Well, in this case, there was a big Puerto Rican flag on this car and it was a guy and his wife and they're driving in Chicago in the Humboldt Park area and three black dudes came up to the car, pulled the guy out, shot him, shot the wife. And uh, one of the blue check marks, here's how stupid people are. And this is quite possibly what happened. Or maybe these black guys hated Puerto Ricans, which is possible. Or or did they mistake the flag for something else? Well, that was one of the idiot blue check marks on Twitter. The comment was, well, what do you expect when you got a Confederate flag on your car in that neighborhood? It's like, you don't know the difference between a Confederate flag and the Puerto Rico flag. Oh, my God. That looks nothing like it. The no. Puerto Rico flag has a triangle. I mean, yeah, even but there's you, a star and the colors are similar. Yeah. Okay. There's a, oh my God, the flag has a star and colors. Don't go to Europe. Your yeah. mind will explode. <laughs> yeah. Every flag has colors and geometric shapes on it. So I don't know what the deal here is, but this seems to be a hate crime, clear and simple that people were targeted because of the color of their skin. Because of their nationality, were pulled from their car. The guy executed by three black dudes. But you know, the black guys are all victims, so we we won't be talking about that on CNN twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, I got to admit, I didn't hear about that on my local news here. Yeah, and this is huge. I mean, when you really consider all things, uh, you know, a truck which appears to have only accidentally, because the guy does once the information comes out does appear to be a gay guy he does appear to have participated in the festivities where this happened in new york and just happened to lose control of his truck but of course immediately the news was like oh this is a hate thing oh my god they're going after the gays and that turned out not to be true but here there is an obvious case three black guys killed a puerto rican dude and shot his wife but we don't want to talk about that you know, if they were white and if Trump was still president, this would be front page news because they'd find a way to blame it on him. There's, well, yeah, there's always a way. There's always a way yeah. to blame the Actually, man. Trump. Trump has not been in the White House in six months, and somehow they keep blaming shit on him anyway. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But that that just kind of sums up the weekend in Chicago, which is, you know, death comes from uh, the bullets and then death comes from. Well, at least for some people's property, 
And I think they said the last count I read this morning was like 12 people were taken to the hospital with injuries caused by the tornado. So uh, a lot of carnage going on in the great city of yeah. Chirac. Okay, you win. My biggest complaint was weather. You're like, I, it was hot and I woke up and it was sunny. Yeah. I, I, I Don't underestimate the, the, the effect of over sun exposure, especially on the grumpiness of podcasters. But uh, let's see, what was my big local story? Oh, I went into my uh, local supermarket for the first time in a year. Um, I, I have the advantage that my wife likes to do shopping. Well, I don't know if she likes it, but she's willing to more than I am. Right. You, well, is it because are you like me? If you're if you go shopping with the wife, it's she's like, no, 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 don't put that in the car. No, don't put that. in the. No, I, we don't need. No. I, I think I used the phrase we should leave now at least four times during this <laughs> as she goes down yet another aisle. And I'm like, there's nothing down this aisle that I think that we need in this cart. We should leave. And <laughs> uh, but. The so it was three weeks ago that Jay fucking Inslee decided to modify the mask mandate that says uh all company or all retail establishments are required. You know, you know, he, he never sent the Washington police to go out and mandate masks. What he would do is if you were found in a store without a mask, they would punish the store, which I mean, from a a, a crowd, uh, a population control perspective is kind of genius because it means that now you have turned every retailer into your own personal Gestapo, which scales a whole lot better than trying to turn cops in. Um, So my local store, it was three weeks ago that they changed it and said, well, if you can get proof of vaccination from the customer then they are allowed to walk around in your store without a mask. And it, it turns out, though, that the loophole was that he didn't. He said, but you don't have to ask for proof of vaccination and we're not going to enforce that part of it. So really what it means is, is wear a mask if you want to is kind of the effect, as long as you're you're willing to flout the mask regulations, which, of course, I am. Jesus Christ. Um, but my Safeway three weeks later. Finally said, okay, well, we're not going to be checking for a mask because even when this came out, lots of establishments were saying we require a mask of everybody because we're not going to check for vaccination, which uh, is kind of I mean, it's it's more reasonable than asking people for their papers, but not by much. They finally said, you know, we're not going to check. So honor system, if you've been vaccinated, feel free. But if you're not vaccinated, we highly encourage you to wear a mask. Well, and it all has to be the honor system, because let's be honest, if somebody's walking into a store the size of a grocery store, yeah, they could check you. Oh, okay, you have your mask on. You haven't been vaccinated. And when you take three steps away from the greeter and take the mask off, who's paying attention? Yeah, which is not like it was the last time I was in a safe way where I walked by the greeter and waved and smiled. And then one of the managers, this little four foot seven nymph of a douchebag comes up and (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I just did I just short shame someone? Anyway, um, he came up and, and harassed me and basically said, well, we can't have you in the store without it. And, and the, the first time that I did it, I got away with, well, I have a valid medical reason. And he said, great, because he was just looking for that key phrase and he was done. But after a while, they were like, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're going to need to see some proof of this. And I'm like, no, I don't need to be in your store ever again. Fuck you. I have Benbro uh, syndrome. 
Yeah. How dare you ask me to wear a mask? I have Bembro syndrome. Actually, I went and looked up. I'm like, what syndromes could I, you know, one of the ones that works a lot is, is COPD. Uh, in my case, I lit, I legitimately have asthma and trying to wear one of those things does in fact make me start coughing, which makes people think that I'm symptomatic. Um, but, uh, COPD is a big one, but, uh, the one I settled on back in the day was oppositional defiant disorder. It is in the DSM. <laughs> And it is a disorder that that they say is normally associated with kids, because I guess uh, well, that uh, kids are the only ones who are supposed to be under the thumb of an oppressive authority their entire lives and not have any the ability to make their decisions. I think it should be expanded to adults, thanks to our, our new society. But oppositional defiant disorder means that uh, whenever an authority figure tells you to do something, your automatic response before thinking about it is no, fuck you, I'm not going to. And I'm like, I have that. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I didn't know I was sick. So anyway, to uh, to make a short story long, which is my specialty here on this show. Um, I was in there. They released the, uh, you know, mass thing. There was about 25 percent of the people in the store who were who I could see their faces. Um, and I there were. Of all of the employees, there were three employees who went maskless and all three of them made a point to say, well, I got vaccinated, so I'm not wearing the mask anymore. Like, I, I, well, I can give a fuck. That's not information I wanted from you. But well, this just shows more of the psychological warfare of all of this stuff that you realize somebody's looking at you and you're not wearing a mask. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I got vaccinated. I mean, nobody's asking you. You're just like offering this up because that's the mentality. That's that is kind of scary. I, I also got an immense amount of dirty looks from masked people walking around the store because I wasn't wearing one. But uh, well, I, I mean, mean wait, wait, to be fair, let me just ask, were you wearing pants? I mean, I just want to make sure the dirty looks maybe weren't for something. Hello, I haven't worn pants in a year. You know that. You're like, I, I, I'm not wearing my I'm mask. Either way, I, I was I was feeling like like there was a, a social connection being made where they felt that, that there should be shame involved. And I'm like, OK, if, if there has to be shame between the two of us, which one of us is hiding their face? Sorry, I'm not the one who needs to feel shame. Also, my pants are in the wash. Piss off. Right. <laughs> There's no law that says I have to wear pants. Or like, actually, sir, yes, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, but but there's also a, I mean, there's also a, a an emperor mandate that says I have to wear a mask. So if I'm ignoring that, then what's the pants thing? You know, I am in, intrigued. I mentioned this the last time they did this a few weeks ago, but our uh, and it may be nationwide. The Meyer grocery chain again this week is offering you a five percent discount on your whole order. If you let them do the shopping and just bring it out to your car when you show up, which I was always under the impression that would be a service people would pay extra for. And now <laughs> the places are giving people money off to do it. So, OK, so well, I, I mean, eventually they'll figure out their mistake, but take advantage of it. Well, they haven't pretty much. It's like, why wouldn't I want you to do the shopping for me? And I just pull up and it's done and it just you bring it to the car and you put it in the trunk and it's like, OK. And it's cheaper to do yeah. that. Uh, it's it, like I said, I think there are grocery chains that are looking at how things have changed over the last couple of years and going, you know, is there a business for a store where nobody goes in except the employees, you know, and just like Amazon's testing the concept of no cashiers, you just pick up the stuff off the shelf and put it in your cart and it's all automatically charged to you. 
the there there are there are going to be changes at the grocery stores. The question are which the, what those changes will be. I'm I sure mean, at some point, I think they might start to realize that it doesn't scale well to everyone. It's, if if you go really far back when when you had a, a little shop owned by one shopkeeper, it was it was pretty common for you to say, "I need this, this, and this." And the shopkeeper who keeps everything behind the counter would just grab this, this, and this, which works great when you get four customers a, an hour. But if you have as many customers as the average grocery store has, and and trust me, at least in this state, we we have not gone back to people fully. I mean, I I was there on Sunday yesterday, and I, the the store. Well, the two things I noticed: one, this is the store was uh, it was emptier than I expected, at least emptier than I remember from from pre lockdown. Actually, the other thing I noticed, I noticed every shelf, every shelf, no matter what the product was, they were really low on stock. Like they didn't have the cans stacked all the way back. They had like two or three cans in front. Um, the, the eggs and butter aisle was practically empty. I don't know what was going on, but man. Yeah, we've noticed that, too. I mean, there's always stuff that they don't have, which isn't a, a normal thing before COVID. I mean, if you wanted to get your green giant broccoli. That was always there. Now there's quite often times like, nope, don't have that. And it's weird. Well, I, I mean, I noticed chain. that, but I, I like the the eggs. Usually the eggs is is uh, a 10 feet worth of of, free, of uh, refrigerator aisle that is stacked all the way back. There's, you know, probably several hundred cartons there. There were um, I didn't count, but I would estimate about 15 cartons. Of eggs entirely. I'm like, these people are going to run out in the next hour. But but it wasn't just eggs. It was everything in the store. Right. It was like they're just they're always waiting for another truck to come in to save them. Yeah. So I don't know what I I don't know what's going on. The the supply chain situation, if they don't get that solved out, is seems pretty dire. And if I I don't know if this store is just particularly poorly managed or if they. I, I mean, I have to imagine that when nobody's allowed in the store, they've been running lean on stock because you don't want to. I mean, especially with groceries, you don't want to throw a lot of stuff away. But if if I hope this resolves itself or or we're going to have I mean, I, I, have you ever seen famine inside of a city? Oh, yeah. Well, that with these stores closing because of the theft problem, this is what's going to start happening. It's oh, yeah. going to get worse. Um, I. I didn't pick it up, but I saw a story about Seattle where yet another uh, red apple market, which is a, I don't know if that's a global. I think it's a local to Seattle, but a, a grocery store that like neighborhood grocery store that's been around for 50 years is finally like, you know what? We're we're done here because we can't handle um, in Seattle. So uh, Seattle is getting plenty of food deserts. I haven't seen that here in Everett yet, but. I don't know. It'll happen. I, I feel like if it, either we need to get back to where we were a year ago or society is going to be coming apart at the seams. And I'm not sure which way it's going, but I'm not hopeful. Well, there's people that want to throw gasoline on the fire, including uh, Bernie Sanders. That was a story which is way more intricate, I think, than than we can cover. But you see what's going on. And it's like, well, no, let's just keep doubling and tripling down on all this stuff. And it's like, no, things are failing. You don't keep doing what you're doing when things are failing. You know. Unless you want the whole system to crash, which they may. And, yep. uh, and, and speaking of crashing, I mean, I had to bring the story that uh, Bitcoin tumbled another 11% after China steps up the crackdown. 
on crypto mining, which Ste- steps up the crackdown. Yes, they step. Yeah. They step. That's great headline they're, writers they're, at they're the Business on, Insider. Yeah. They're stepping on something anyway. Now, I mean, the interesting thing was in this article from uh, the Business Insider. It says, I quote, the latest move by Chinese authorities to restrict Bitcoin mining comes in the southwest Sichuan province over the weekend when Bitcoin miners were told to, quote, clean up and terminate their operations. Uh, Authorities said 26 Bitcoin mining companies must be closed down on Sunday, according to a notice seen by the South China Morning Post. And it said here that Chinese state media outlet Global Times reported that more than 90 percent of China's Bitcoin Mining capacity was estimated to be closed down, at least for the short term. And I, I, the first, my first thought is I take this as, as evidence that the Chinese government is going soft because they 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 told them clean up and get out. We don't Whereas, know how they told them, though. I mean, they, well, well, it could have been a bullet maybe. in the head was the way to say, you know, well, I'm just thinking that, that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the the communist government would have just come in like there'd be Bitcoin mining one day and the next day it'd be vacant. Well, this, nobody knows. Well, this is why, you know, they're trying to put that brave face on. They're trying to put the happy face on for the rest of the world as far as what they're doing. But there was one article I saw as well in regards to this. I don't think it was this one that mentioned that it was an estimated 65 percent of all of the Bitcoin computational power that happened in 2021 or maybe it was the last year 2020 over the last year one of those was out of china so a vast majority of what's holding this up is in china and i'm not saying it can't handle china popping themselves out of this and there's a lot of speculation saying you know this is going to be bad for china in the long term because this is going to move things to other countries but uh I mean, it's all speculation at this point. What what it's going to do? I'm sure everybody listening is like, "Ah, oh, you're wrong." But well, I'm sure they are because a lot of the, at least the people who would say that sort of thing are obviously they're they're going to be the zealots. So, but I, I'm I'm honestly not worried. Even if China cracks down on mining, um, I'm not worried that Bitcoin won't just get up and find somewhere else. Uh, most a lot of these rigs are in. I mean, at this point, a lot of them are just built into shipping containers. You just throw the thing on a truck and drive it to another country. Yes. And look yeah, for a good Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, because that's what you need. You need you need a network connection. You need a lot of electricity. And uh, China became particularly attractive for this because they spent the last 20 years putting like damming every river and and every single spot of land that didn't have anything important on it. Just a bunch of peasants trying to eke out an existence. They would pave the land and put up a, a power plant or a factory or or a city with you know thousands of high rises that then get you know one percent of people filling them china has been building like crazy for the last two decades and one of the things that they have been doing is putting in a crap ton of power plants of hydro plants uh you know the the three gorges dam which is it looks like it might be an end of life, uh, although maybe not by design, um, is is one example of of thousands of hydroelectric plants. So China has been brimming with cheap electricity these days. Of course, Bitcoin miners want to go there. In fact, um, I, I heard rumor that the mining consortium in Quincy, Washington, that was trying to take advantage of the hydroelectric out here had finally packed up because they got tired of the state's policies and because the 
the power was not cheap enough anymore. Yeah, well, and there is that you have to have that balance. So I, I feel like Bitcoin will just pick up and go wherever. Uh, the, the question is, is there going to be another wherever? Well, and I, I've seen talk that a lot of the people are moving from China to Texas. I mean, I don't know how they're getting the rigs in, but they'll figure out a way to do it. Um, well, I've, I've, I've certainly heard on a podcast that uh, obviously the future of Bitcoin is in shipping containers that are attached to the waste natural gas flare off of, of oil rigs, um, which I'm, I'm skeptical that 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 scales. But, you know, I, I heard it. It'll be tried. Uh, yeah, I, I'm certain it'll be tried. I'm certain it doesn't scale to the size of Bitcoin. Our buddy, Sir Spencer of the Bowl After Bowl podcast, he does a lot of the uh, the crypto stuff. And he says the whole China crackdown thing will give people more opportunities because that big of a loss of mining power in the network will trigger a drop in the difficulty, which means people will be able to mine with less power until it scales back up again, which kind of makes sense because the more competition there is, then the more you know the more the difficulty is yes. so it, it, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch what it will do to the pricing i don't know because that's still all over the place and uh, it's a big drop from where it has been this year but it's also still quite ahead of its uh you know its lowest point that where it started um, the year the, the one thing i'll add to the drop in difficulty thing is that the drop in difficulty does lag by several days i don't remember what it is it's like a week or two um which means that if you if 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 the miners are badly distributed in a place such that a a significant chunk of the miners get shut down all at once, it will take uh, a week before the difficulty drops. And during that time, there actually will be a problem with getting new blocks out. Um, I I don't know. I, I I don't know if this has been faced before, but it just just something I thought of is. Uh, the, the drop in difficulty is designed to handle a uh, change in the number of miners. But if the change is sudden enough, then then that lag could. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm not going to say anymore because people will call me out for not getting some detail right. I'm sure El, El Salvador has it figured out. We need a country that has a I, lot not, of electro, uh, uh, very cheap electricity. Oh, yes. The cheap volcano energy. Yes. Cheap, clean volcano. Harness that. Well, it's the volcano's doing its thing anyway. So if you can get electricity out of it, you're not adding anything to the environment. But yes, calling it clean is uh, is a little misnomer. But uh, I'm sure the crypto experts will tell us what's going on, and we will so, report that to you. As long as we're talking uh, governments and uh, big tech sticking their noses in places that they shouldn't be. Um, uh, are you familiar with the contact tracing system that Apple and Google came up with last September? Oh, yeah, we talked about it. I, or at least yeah, it would have I hope being you are because we talked about it in September. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you covered it, so I mean, it's possible I don't recall any of it. Well, I remember pointing out that, that Apple and Google's plan was that this is not your phone. It's just going to be installed without you. Well, uh, the Mass Notify app that Massachusetts government came out with, which uses the Google system. Um, it came out with a bit of a splash. Uh, there were, uh, the app was launched last Tuesday and there are a lot of people who are suddenly very, very, very surprised that, uh, their Bluetooth is being automatically turned on and their battery is draining faster because of Bluetooth, because the contact tracing app was installed to every Android phone automatically in Massachusetts. 
without no, no, they told us that wasn't going to happen. I remember this, and I did not believe it at the time. Um, so the uh, the exposure notifications express system that Google and Apple uh, announced last September. That's that's what this app is, where really the Massachusetts Department of Health provides an icon and uh, a, a JSON file that describes the rules that they want for contact tracing. And then the app was entirely Google. Um, it was installed. Um, it, it, it what what what? It was pushed out through part of the automatic update system. And, uh, after the app was already installed, you got a pop up if you lived, if you were using an Android device in Massachusetts. And, uh, I, I don't know how widespread this, this experience was, but cause I'm not there. And also I totally disabled Google play on my phone because screw that. Um, it asks you to, it gives you a notification. You click on the notification. It says continue. And then it says, please turn on exposure notifications. And then it shows you a, a button that is enabled by default says share analytics as well, because of course that's what you do with Google. Um, all of these pop up in the Android settings app and not in a separate one, uh, which makes it very clear that it has been integrated into the operating system. Um, the, the first problem is that this was installed without telling people, um, you know, the, a side problem. It was installed on a lot of phones from people who don't even live in Massachusetts who might work there or, or, uh, one complaint from a Connecticut user who says that they never go to Massachusetts, but they live near the border. So maybe connected to a Massachusetts cell tower or something. Yeah. That would be uh, the question. So is this now, this was a law that was passed in Massachusetts that this, this was going to happen. Why is this happening in Massachusetts only? Well, it's okay. First of all, it's not a law. Uh, second, it's not in Massachusetts only. Uh, this is the health department taking advantage of a program from Google who says, uh, you go ahead and say that you want the app out and we'll deploy it to everybody's system with your icon on it. And I don't believe there was a law. I don't even believe that there was a, a governor's executive order or whatever it takes. I think it was the health department going, yeah, sure. Let's sign up for this. Uh, I, I honestly think that's the amount of bureaucracy involved. Um, secondly, Massachusetts is definitely not the only place that it's doing. It's, it's one of the only places where it looks like it was bungled this badly. Um, California is doing the app. New York is doing the app. What I didn't have time because this literally is the story I was researching when you started saying on the stream, hello, where's Bemrose? And I looked down and it's showtime. It's showtime. Like, so I don't, I don't have the, the information about exactly when the California and New York and I think Virginia and Maryland, uh, were the other states that I saw named, but other states are coming up with this. I don't know if Massachusetts is the first or if they just bungled this badly. Um, however, uh, a couple fun places, uh, let's see, uh, I went to play.google.com and found that this particular contact tracing app, just the one from Massachusetts has not 629 one-star reviews. So people don't like it that there, there are, let's see, uh, I pulled some quotes spyware automatically installed without consent. It has no icon, no way to open this and see what it even does, which is a huge red flag per the notifications. It runs on Bluetooth, which is a major battery drain and seems to want to track my location. Another one, this installed silently on my daughter's phone without consent or notification. She cannot have installed it herself since we use family link and therefore have to approve all apps installs. I have no idea how they pulled this off, but it had to involve either Google or Samsung or both. Um, uh, App automatically installed without my consent overnight, and there's no app icon to indicate anything new was added. Lucky that NetGuard caught it. Um, 
Another one said it reinstalled itself after he uninstalled. <laughs> um, uh, it, here's the one review out of the first page, the first 100 reviews I scrolled through and found exactly one five-star review said, I'm glad to see that tracking such exposure is taking advantage of technology. Too bad. It's not accompanied by an education effort to help people understand what this is. Uh, what was the name on that? A Fauci Washington, DC. <laughs> yes. And then the names of everybody in Google Play is almost certainly fake. So I don't. Yeah. And I just um, look, my, my Bluetooth is still off on my phone. So I guess I'm safe so far. Uh, or well, or, or Illinois has just hasn't put it out yet. Well, Illinois um, all, uh, this is very much like California with all the privacy stuff. So if there's any states where it won't happen, it probably is California and Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the uh, um. Google responded to nine to five Google, which is where I found this story on uh, on Saturday when they say the the it said, uh, quote, the company confirms that the new automatically distributed nature, but states that the covid-19 exposure notifications are enabled only if a user proactively turns it on. So just in case you were wondering if maybe this was a mistake or somebody pulled a lever wrong or uh, it, no, this was not a, a, oh, sorry, the intern tripped over a plug sort of thing. This is Google saying, yeah, we absolutely pushed this out to everybody's Android phone. What are you going to do about it? This is and all then they say to album all over again. I, I, uh, OK, OK. So <laughs> the other thing I've got in my notes, I pulled a bunch of quotes out of the Hacker News thread. Because uh, uh, Hacker News is, is a great place to get uh, raw opinions that aren't always uh, corporate. Um, one of the quotes I pulled was, remember when Tim Cook put Bono's album in the <laughs> iTunes library of everybody? That's when it felt that the smartphones are not our devices. The smartphones are not that smart sometimes. <laughs> uh, a couple of other. It's pure madness that play services come with this sort of backdoor. This is clearly what I would consider a deliberate RCE vulnerability. Uh, RC, if you recall, is remote code execution. Um, my response to that comment, by the way, is that technically it is a supply chain vulnerability, not RCE, because a supply chain vulnerability is an RCE, which is executed by your update vendor. Which I guess makes it an RCE, but whatever. Yeah. And if this <laughs> is going into the operating system, it's a uh, it's a feature. That's all. Yes. And so are all supply chain vulnerabilities. They're yeah. a feature right up until you realize that they pushed something you didn't want. And uh, if you I, don't want it, then you need to uh, jailbreak your. Well, you don't really need to jailbreak the uh, the Android phones, but you need to root it and then uh, put your own uh, version of whatever you want on there. Now, if it's an iPhone, then you need to jailbreak. And I mean, I guess rooting it is kind of just the Android version of jailbreaking. But take control of your gadgets, man. And the, the Hacker News thread also included a large number of people who were, of course, pointing out that that, of course, we need this kind of invasion and privacy violation because COVID um, and uh, is saying things like, uh, well, the the company confirms that the or no, what am I reading? I went to the wrong part of my notes. Oh, it's no. very difficult. Oh, it's very difficult to explain to people that all they when all they hear is tracing and tracking and no privacy when we need this to be installed on everyone's devices. So the paraphrase of that is, of course, trust authority, even though they keep violating our trust because COVID. Well, it's another uh, case I, of people are too stupid to be able to decide for themselves. So we must do it for them. Yes. Uh, the last bit of rabbit hole that I went down with this one uh, ended up taking me to an article in uh, it was another article in the markup from April 
uh, which was talking about when when Google first rolled out and and implemented or announced the contract chasing app and and gave it out to people who wanted to beta test it. Uh, what was quickly realized is that um, uh, the the contact tracing app was logging to the system log of your Android phone. Uh, what that means is that any pre-installed app or any app with uh, uh, system privileges can access the tracing log and get a list of everyone you've ever had Bluetooth contact with, everyone that you've been near, everywhere you've ever been. It's all just logged to the so So just in case you wanted to keep your location private, remember that you can't really turn off the tracking. You can only turn off the reporting. We, we talked about that back in September. Um, you can, you can turn off <laughs> Google lets you turn off the notifications, but it'll still track you and it still tracks other people. And it's logging all of this to the system log. Um, this, this, uh, problem, by the way, was reported to Google back in February. As of the April article, it had not been fixed. Um, I wasn't able to find anything that said it had been fixed since now. So let's just assume that any time that you have one of these contact tracing things in, then the system log is being filled with all of your contacts, everybody you've been near, and any other app that's installed and has system privileges, which includes all of that Samsung garbage. It includes the Facebook app you're not allowed to uninstall, can just read the system log and go, oh, he was here. Oh, he was here. Oh, you were here. Oh, look, uh, Darren left his home and went a whole four blocks away. This must have been a special occasion. <laughs> and <laughs> well, what kind of data is that? I mean, because this is uh, a major issue. What kind of data is it picking up? So if you've got your Android phone and it's just sitting there, everybody that comes around you, if this app is engaged, what kind of information is it collecting about everybody so if, that's if around your you? Bluetooth is on, then it collects uh, a, a unique ID, which is not necessarily the name. And, and now I'm going from what I remember when we discussed this back in September. Uh, if, if your Bluetooth is on, then every other phone that you come near, it makes a quick Bluetooth connection. It swaps unique IDs of that. And uh, then it logs the ID of the other person you were with, your exact uh, geographic location, assuming location services are on, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's something you can turn off. Um, but it, it, in theory, on most people's phones where, where they haven't been turning off services, if every time that you come near somebody, the Bluetooth will grab the other person's unique ID, mark down your exact location and the exact timestamp, and write that to a contact tracing log. And apparently it also writes it to the system log where other apps can get it, but whatever Um, that contact tracing log is then at some point in the future uploaded to Google servers where they assure you that that information will only be used for the purpose of COVID contact tracing. And if there is an outbreak for notifying that you might have been in the area or you might have had contact with somebody who tested positive at at 49 cycles. Um, so if you trust Google to not abuse this data, if you trust the government to not dip into the data, by the way, I have another story from Australia where they have already been caught 
dipping into that data for law enforcement purposes. Um, no, but, they but, swore they wouldn't. I know. And um, yeah, it turns out that their word isn't worth much. But if you trust all of that, then uh, a, a complete list of everybody that you have been near and everybody that you uh, every location that you've ever been is sent to Google and then stored in a vault and only used for this one purpose. Um, oh, and another thing that you absolutely have to trust is that the uh, the library on the other phone has not been hacked or spoofed such that they just take that information and publish your ID everywhere. And you remember how I said it was a unique ID? Um, this is kind of like a Bitcoin wallet. You only get one per phone. In fact, Oh, so it's uh, like attached to the IMEI or something. Yeah. Uh, wi- wiping the phone. In my understanding, wiping the phone doesn't even erase or change this one. It's <laughs> so, uh, it's like I said, it's kind of like your Bitcoin wallet where it is anonymous right up until your name gets attached to it by pairing it with any other data, like maybe your Facebook app reading the log and finding out that you, uh, oh, my ID is this, and by the way, I already know your name is this, and then sending it to Facebook servers, which I guess is another large corporation that you have to trust. You have to trust them because you're not allowed to uninstall the Facebook app that comes with your fucking Samsung phone. Um, well, it sounds so- really nefarious if you have to start turning bluetooth off or turning wi-fi off or the location and then the the question becomes you changing that setting is that actually changing what the phone is doing or is it just showing you that your location is off but if you have a contact trace then it's going to give that anyway or the the other phone has their gps on so if your bluetooth is on your your location is given away uh, yes it comes yeah, down yeah to, exactly. You have to turn everything off. You have to. Well, yeah, you have to. Like, we are getting to the point where if you don't want this functionality, you have to severely cripple your phone. Which is because where the you have to turn off that have the physical switches to do things like disengage Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Genius. Oh, yes. Yes. That is absolutely a great point, too, because you have to trust that when you go into settings and say turn off Bluetooth, that this app that has been installed behind your back isn't just going to turn it back on yeah i mean google says that you have to opt in but they've specifically said you have to opt into notifications i don't care about notifications i don't want tracking all cell phones are as tracking i so uh there was one person in the hacker news who uh literally took their phone they they turned everything off including play services because that's how this is being installed that's that's play services is is an excellent rootkit provided by google into okay. every android phone okay so that's interesting so it's coming from google it's not coming from oh yes with samsung it's not coming from the samsung uh operating system update this is no. google adding it into this is coming from google uh, I'm pretty sure it's also coming from Apple. They just haven't had a big blow up over it yet. Um, but no, this is coming from Google. So one of the, one of the people in Hacker News said he went into play services. He, uh, di- you know, disabled all of these services so that nothing and, and put the phone into airplane mode, uh, connected it to the debug tools, went ahead and, uh, removed the app. The app ID is gov.ma dot covid19 dot exposure notifications if you have debug tools available and want to check for this um went ahead and removed that uh made sure that it was removed in the settings app uh turned off automatic updates turned off all you know turned off all updates turned off all uh every piece of ui that says i want 
absolutely nothing put on this phone without me explicitly trying to do it. Then, while still connected to debug tools and watching the ADB log, turned on play services, and within 10 minutes, he got a log that said this app was reinstalled. And um, you're saying it's persistent. It is. Um, yeah. Thanks, Google. Uh, it, it, uh, if you if you want this sort of functionality, you're going to get a lot more of it. If you don't want this sort of functionality at this point, graphing or, uh, you know, the, the method that I use, which I, I'm not sure that I can really recommend to everybody because I, uh, I I don't get to use location on my phone. I don't get I don't use Bluetooth on my phone. Uh, I, I turned everything off and then I went into the debug tools and I disabled and uninstalled. Google Play services. There are a lot of apps that rely on Google Play services for basic functionality. I can't use those apps anymore. I don't personally think that it's a real problem because the things that I want my phone for is is a phone and some messaging and a browser and some basic apps, the kind that I can get with F-Droid. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are way more addicted and uh, don't remember a time before when everybody was carrying phones around. And are looking at this going, but my life is over. It's not worth living if I don't have my Instagram. And if you're that person, (laughs) you get to keep all these services on. And now you're being tracked by Massachusetts Health Department. That's that's what you get. You're being tracked by somebody. I mean, that's the disconnect for me, too, even though I've had a cell phone way back. I mean, I had the original uh, original brick phone and I had a uh, cell phone in my car as well that that wasn't mobile i mean it was mobile because the car was mobile but the phone was not able to be removed from the car so i mean i go back with the cellular technology and i think it's great but i'm with you i only need it to make phone calls you know even texting is questionable just you know phone calls in case of an emergency or something like that i understand the convenience but I prefer texting over over phone calls for one reason uh, for for short mess. OK, first of all, there is there is no possible way. I don't care how fast your thumb moves across that tiny ass keyboard. Um, the talking to somebody by voice is a much higher bandwidth form of communication. You get all the nuance. You get a lot faster data. You get phone calls are are valuable. They are extremely important. So I do that. But they're interruptive. Yes, they are. Uh, they're uh, synchronous. Uh, uh, if if you if I am not ready to receive a phone call, I don't answer my phone, um, which is where text message for a short message. I prefer text message because they're asynchronous. You can sh- send it on your time and I can read it on my time. Um, Although but if, then you again, only, if you only need a one way communication, that's what voicemails for, because I I'm voicemail works great, too. I, I can't type on those little keyboards. I would rather. Have I would rather hear your voice go, hey, not here, leave a message and then go, hey, Ryan, we got to push the show back 20 minutes and then hang up rather than go and try to type it into a little phone. Yeah. Yes. I think we're old. Part of being old is is with my my eyesight is going. I'm I'm becoming and and I I have avoided seeing an optometrist about this over the last year because fuck going into any doctor's office willingly. But uh, I'm definitely becoming farsighted and uh, probably need a new prescription because uh, that little tiny ass keyboard, a little tough to see sometimes these days. Uh huh. Yeah, that's not good. So, I mean, I, and then I'm like, what What did I just 
type. Boy, it sure would be nice if these pixels were higher than a millimeter or if these letters were higher than a millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody's pushing. All of these super high resolution displays. I'm like, yeah, don't mean nothing to me, man. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I don't want 4k on, on a six inch screen. Those pixels are wasted on me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pushing it a little further than it needs to, uh, like all this tracking stuff. I mean, and it all gets through for the same reason. I mean, one, you can say it's the nefarious reason of the people doing it, which is possible, but the backlash isn't there because it's like, oh, yeah, because there's a disease and, and we want people to be safe. And yeah. as long as you can find a reason that people can rally behind, even if it's a dumb reason, they'll do it. Yes. I, 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 basic psychology. People, people will be careful right up until you give them a reason to not be careful. And, and I tell you what, this COVID thing, which which for in, in the minds of a hell of a lot of people is still going strong and you are still going to die if you step one foot outside your door in their minds. And the only thing that can possibly save them is if Google installs this app. And and by the way, not enough for Google to install the app automatically without my permission on my phone, because, of course, I would welcome it. Google has to install this automatically without permission on everybody's phone because it only works if we have 100% of all Android devices out in the world completely on board with tracking everybody so that we can be certain that no COVID molecule goes unreported. Well, that well that is the issue. Because if we can be realistic for a moment, no. the virus that is COVID is everywhere. The time for contact tracing was at was the a beginning. year ago yeah or more when larry yeah. just had a clip on one of his episodes from like the first couple of the you know the week or so and he was asking the amazon device about the current news and it was like you know oh there were three people here and two people here well that was when contact tracing you were trying to contain something the uh, yes. horses out of the barn when when there was the idea that there might be an outbreak in this city, but the virus has never come to this other city that happened in the February and March of last year. Yes. And that contact tracing was a vital thing for them to try to diagnose people in that. In this case, how many people are being told like, oh, you've been exposed to covid. You better go get tested. And you're like, well, I don't have a temperature. I don't have a cough. Don't even have a tickle. I feel perfectly fine. And, oh, no, you better go yeah. get tested. Uh, yeah. And and let, make sure to tell them to dial up the PCR just so that you. Yeah, there are a lot of people out there now who, who are still religiously getting tested and and hoping that that test comes back positive because it means that they can stay home or or that they don't have to go to work or. I, it's a good the, reason to take a couple of weeks off. It is. It's not a good reason to let society collapse around us. No, I mean, the the reality is. If you are feeling unwell, go to a doctor. If you're feeling very unwell, go to the hospital. Yeah. No matter so what it is. The 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 comment about this this app comes about a year late uh was echoed a lot in on the reviews page. A lot of people going, Hey, this might I would have totally welcomed this a year ago when we needed to be traced, but now we don't. And well, you uh, know, another you know what the reason is? And this is a uh Another clip that our buddy Larry played of Joe Biden, which I mean, Larry's been doing great shows lately. If you're not listening to his show, that Larry show dot com. But he was talking about this in his Larry latest. Is a, has, his last 300 shows or more have been excellent. They've all been really good. And in the last one, 
he pointed out Joe Biden was talking about the next pandemic. That's what all this crap is now. This is yes. all about the next pandemic. What you Everything, got going on now? No. Because, of course, when if 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 the covid-19 pandemic ever ends, I'm I'm skeptical. Um, They're not going to uninstall that on the phone. It's just going to be stuck. It's going to be part of the operating well, well, because system. Don't you understand there if that when was COVID there 22 comes out? Yeah, if that was there when COVID-19 started, man, we would have gotten it taken care of like that. Nobody would have got sick, man, if we would have had that. Oh, no. And and, and spoiler alert, it, it wouldn't just like uh, <laughs> well, just yeah. like you know, they keep moving the goalposts every single time. They're like, well, if we just all wear masks, it'll you know, first of all, it's, it's just two weeks and then. Uh, you know, just stay home for two weeks. Just stay home for a month. Stay home for two months. Wear masks every time. And every time that, that we comply, they move the goalposts and, and make the restrictions larger. And every time that we, that we don't comply in any way, measurable way, like, uh, you know, if we can just get to 70% vaccination by the 4th of July, you might be allowed to have burgers with your family. Uh, uh and fuck you, Joe, by the way. Um, it's not, if if we had got to 70%, they'd move the goalpost. Like Fauci caught red-handed saying, well, you know, we I, I had to say this number for herd immunity because I didn't think people would make it. And then I changed it to this number. And then I changed it to this number. And he was interviewed where he said, yeah, I was doing that to you. I was lying to you and manipulating you because you're too stupid to do the right thing. That is his attitude. That is all of their attitude. The people who are, quote unquote, running the country, currently ruining it, Think that you're too stupid to look after your own health and they have to lie to you to do it for you, to manipulate you into doing things. And you know what? We didn't make the 70 percent vaccination by Fourth of July and Joe is going to cancel it. You know what? Fuck him. Every single person in the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to have a giant meetup at my place. We're going to grill everything. We're going to go out. We're going to like wait, start wait, wait, wait. bark off of trees and grill it. Somebody because- make, somebody make sure the cats are safe. <laughs> We're going to grill, grill everything. Cats. Yes. <laughs> you bring it. I'll grill it. Damn it. Because fuck you, Joe. You cannot coerce me into not having freedom. Yeah, the only way me- you the only way you actually give up your freedom is if you willingly do it. Yeah. Yesterday or was Father's Day. Arrest you and put you in a gulag. Yeah. We went over to my parents house. My uh, sister Speaking and her husband oh. came over. My nephew and his uh, fiance came over. My wife was. I mean, they brought the dog. I mean, everybody was having a good time. No more of the. Uh, Mask insanity. Nobody was worried about anything, uh, which is a rational way to be, I believe. But, uh, you know, we didn't have a contract tracing app, though. So uh, th- things could that go you horribly. know of. <laughs> true. True. I, I haven't gone through and gone into the uh, to the phone and try to break that down and take a look at the debugging and screen and all that. But uh, I can do that. I'm not beyond wiping this phone. It's paid for. I can do whatever I want to the damn thing. I mean, it's good hardware, but uh, it may be time. I haven't looked recently if this uh, Samsung particular one has uh, some stable releases of the uh, AOSP or the whatever the other ones that are out and about the de-Google-fied versions of of the Android operating system. But uh, there was an interesting Apple Wi-Fi bug. I don't know if you saw this. This one kind of cracked me up. I did did see it, and then... I got a private message on NAS from Karma King pointing me to the nine to five Mac article on this. And then I got a private message on no agenda social from phone boy pointing me to the bleaking computer article on this, <laughs> so, but go ahead. So people want to see so this. this. 
People people clearly know that this is a GOB style story. It is. And it's a GOB style uh, reverse engineer that uh, came up with this, which uh, it's a weird one. It's if the Wi-Fi hotspot name is formatted correctly, it will kill the Wi-Fi on an iPhone, which I thought was uh, fantastic because if you have a Wi-Fi hotspot that is not protected by a password, that a phone just walks by, a lot of times phones are set to just connect to whatever's there if it's open. And if they tried to do that, it will bork the iPhone of whoever it is yes. walking by. Which, by the way, we're not we're not explicitly recommending that you change any uh, if if you happen to be a place where a bunch of iPhone users are walking by and are all masked up and pretentious and pre- thinking that you're scum because you want freedom and uh and I'm I'm not explicitly saying you should change your SSID to the string I just dropped into the troll room, but wouldn't it be hilarious? You know, or if you're just team Android and you don't like the iPhone users, the Wi-Fi hotspot name, the SSID is uh, percent sign, P percent, then a bunch of other things. But I think the, the main thing is having the multiple percent signs into this. And this was percent P percent well, as percent as percent as percent as percent. And th- this is this is what's known as an uncontrolled format string attack. Um, and it has to do with way, way back in the day, uh, a, when you, when you call the, the, the most basic printing or string formatting, pr- uh, function in the C language from, uh, I mean, this, this started in like 1970 something. Um, when you do that, you pass a bunch of, you know, you pass a bunch of parameters to the function. And the first parameter is a format string, which determines how to interpret all of the other parameters to the function. And uh, if if you just pass a string with no percents in it, then it'll just print that out like normal. But if you pass a string with, say, uh, a, a percent D, then it says, okay, then the next parameter that I get is an integer and go ahead and print that as a number. And if you pass it as a percent S, you say the next, the next parameter on, on the line is a string. And that means that it points to a place in memory that has text that I want you to put in. And so this is how uh, in, in the C language way back in the day, this is how you built up a string to say whatever it is you wanted to say. Uh, the, the reason why it's a concern is um, the C language didn't have a lot of safety checking. Um, and it also contained the, in particular, the percent S's are not that horrible, but the percent P little sketchy, the percent N at the end is the function is the feature in printf that most people would rather uninvent if they could. Um, and, uh, the, anyway, I I don't, I don't know how much you want a, a really detailed technical analysis of this, even though you're getting it. Um, but effectively it is, uh, you know, the the reverse engineer who was a guy by the name of Carl Shaw and went by Twitter handle VM call. First of all, hold on. What the hell is a reverse engineer? I know what reverse engineering <laughs> is as a verb, but is that a title? Is that a thing? It could Leaping be. Computer, Leaping Computer had this line in. This week, reverse engineer Carl Shaw ran into an issue when connecting to his personal Wi-Fi hotspot. First, what, you Who identifies himself? Yes, I'm a reverse engineer. What, you mean an engineer? No, I mean, I do it backwards. 
Well, what? He could. He could be, that could be his job is to break down what other people are doing and figuring out ways to uh, to mess with it, which is then, which is very possible. And uh, our buddy Phipps points out that this is, in fact, a reverse attack on the format string. So it's a reverse format string attack. I'm not even sure what that means. Well, to ask Phipps. He is the professional. We need to get him on, too. He knows oh, way yeah. more about this. Yeah, stuff. I've never heard of computers. I get that. OK, I well, yeah. I mean, you only work for Microsoft. I mean, that right. is not. I, stop telling people about my sordid past. It's not something what you want. To do. But this the the researcher, whatever his job is. I mean, one, I thought he, it was great that this wasn't anything that affected the Android at all. But uh, when he was asked why he did this his quote was the only reason i wanted to talk about the story personally which was all of my devices are named after format strings to fuck with poorly developed devices (laughs) i loved that and i i i i really should be encouraging that behavior because it's exactly the kind of thing i would do um although i you know the the line that i read where he ran into an issue when connecting his personal wi-fi okay if if you are at all competent at reverse engineering you didn't just accidentally run into this issue you don't find this issue accidentally no, you don't go it. like hey i wonder if i should just randomly pound on the keyboard a bunch of times to ch- set my ssid and see if no no he if he is an engineer if, then he knows damn well about a format string attack um and he knows the kind of strings that cause the problems, uh, like, ex- for example, putting percent N at the very end of the string. You know, the the the, the way this thing I'm, I'm looking at it. And of course, my mind, because I, I I'm reading it, uh, the the percent P just means print out a number that that you put there so that you can pop something off of the stack. And then the percent S's are uh, keep reading forward until you hit a null, which is the end of a string in in c if these are strings then then and are well formatted there will be a null character in there that denotes the end if however you're reading arbitrary data then you keep reading until there's a null somewhere well there's four percent s's which means there's four nulls somewhere in whatever memory they're trying to dig through and then the percent n percent n is the most is is the worst printf format string because it doesn't say print this it says write to memory and that's where all the attack you know almost all attacks start with exploiting a function somewhere that writes to memory they're not supposed to so you format this string and 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 this engineer knew it you format this string to dig somewhere deep into the memory you're digging through and you probably found out by hooking your iphone up to a debugger and then poking a couple bytes of of numbers into a memory location you're not supposed to and uh so in this case it is almost certain you know people in somebody in apple wrote their their wi-fi code to grab the ssid which is technically a user controlled string and feed that into a library and that library probably called another library and another library and then at the end somebody said well we got this string let's go ahead and use it as a printf format string and the, that is the point where it blew up. But the problem is ultimately is basic security practices when programming is you have to make a distinction between safe string, uh, secure strings and unsecure strings. And anything generated by the user is unsecure. You don't give that to printf. That's where you get the, so it, 
ultimately the the writing the data probably resulted in uh writing to memory that the wi-fi subsystem didn't have access to at that point uh, the ios watchdog killed the process because it said well memory's been corrupted if they're writing to the wrong place um the when you try to restart the wi-fi subsystem remember that it always remembers every wi-fi uh ssid that you've connected to it goes through digs through them and encounters the error again that's why it says permanent um the workaround for this oh that was the beautiful thing about this was even if you rebooted your phone you turned it off and on again it was still in there so it's still as long as it remembers that it connected to that string and it tries to pass that string to a printf somewhere you're still going to you're going to blow it up every single time that it tries to display the name of that. So so the workaround, the only way to get your Wi-Fi back, if you ever get this, is you have to go into settings, settings, general reset network settings and nuke all of your Wi-Fi cell and VPN network connections, which includes passwords. So uh if you get hit by this, your Wi-Fi is gone until you do that. And then go ahead and expect every single place that you go. Every time you go to your mother-in-law's house, you're going to have to ask him for the Wi-Fi password again. It is a little bit of an inconvenience. And it is one of those things that uh it's surprising this far down the road for these devices that something this simplistic could still take the Wi-Fi out. But it shows you. That these things are nothing but bug-filled little machines that uh, you never know what the exploit's going to be. In this case, it's a pretty simple simple exploit. It's just a minor inconvenience. The next I, one may uh, take all of your photos and send it to the mothership. And and to be clear, this is not a case of, of Apple employing a, a, a retard trying to write their... Th- uh, the, these systems are hideously complicated and not always and i don't know if the bug is even in apple or you know somewhere along the line somebody took the user generated string the the unsafe string of the ssid and tried to put it into the format string of a pd of a printf where they needed to only use a safe string and i don't you know that's the bug somebody messed that up but i don't know if if it was somebody at apple or somebody in the open source library that they downloaded and don't credit or if it's somebody you know really deep in the system or or somewhere else we we don't know and people have a maximum amount of complexity that they can keep in their brains at one time and still understand the system and every one of these Wi-Fi subsystems or the iPhone in general is way, way, way beyond that. It's why we have to have entire teams of people, not just so that you can all write code simultaneously, and get the product out faster, but because literally no one human can understand how the whole thing works. The human beings do not have the brain capacity for that. So you got a lot of systems in software development for managing complexity. This was complexity got out of hand and somebody didn't follow a basic rule. And I, I, I guess I'm saying I give the developer a pass for not being able to handle this, but um, I, I don't give a pass to the people at Apple who haven't fixed it yet. Or they should have had testers, man. Yes. Well, this is a particularly difficult bug to find because, again, you don't randomly name your your SSID that somebody but, will now. Yeah, well, lots of people will now watch out for those. Types. In fact, mine is downstairs already. Right. There you go. You're just hoping somebody with an iPhone dares enter Casa Bemrose. 
Yeah, you, and you don't hear. Yeah, uh, uh, Blue Douche is now pointing out what what was going to be my next point, which is, um, you know that uh, a lot of these devices have uh, a hotspot functionality. I can go into Android settings on my phone and tell it, uh, you know, present a Wi-Fi hotspot. Here's the name. I can take this thing, have my Android phone create a Wi-Fi hotspot, give it that name, and go walk around downtown Seattle. <laughs> Hi, you have an iPhone. Do you have an iPhone? How's your iPhone? Is your iPhone Not anymore. Working? You don't. <laughs> yeah. How's your Wi-Fi? Yeah. And I mean, you, it's you know, home home routers like mine and yours are not the problem. Some, you know, we get we get 25, 30, 40 cars a day drive up this narrow little road in front of my house. Um, if I hack their iPhones, what a big deal. But going and walking around downtown for a while, go into a, a crowded mall. Actually, there aren't any crowded malls anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, when there is again. Yeah, <laughs> but here's but what just, you do, though. Here's here's the genius idea. You go into your favorite coffee shop that's always filled with all the iPhone users just mulling around and you sit there with a T-shirt that says, and ask, no mask. ask me how to fix your Wi-Fi on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, and by the way, if you really, really hate the coffee shop, then then that's because the the. Coffee shop will be fine. Their their network will not have changed in any way because they're probably running just an off the shelf router, which doesn't have this vulnerability. But the number of people who are going to go up to the baristas and say, hey, your Wi-Fi isn't working. My, my phone broke. What I, happened? You guys been you hacked. Are, I, you are the, the biggest victim of doing that will be the coffee shop owner who will be like, how come my Wi-Fi isn't where it seems to work on my phone? How come everybody else is having trouble? Well, and you know, you can do this on a raspberry pi so you can do this with very little hardware we talked about the the uh, pineapple or, or an android phone right well but in this case you could do this with a pineapple and you know a phone just, you, just make sure you you turn off your contact tracing before you do that yeah always turn off the the contact tracing i mean you probably wouldn't want to leave a valid running phone behind but i i think there's a lot of people that would spend the 50 bucks for a little maybe raspberry pi zero a little case a little battery to go just place these things randomly in an, oh, man. in an area and leave them, <laughs> you know, just like let wipe hilarity off, wipe off your fingerprints. Yeah, that's that's probably better than the Android phone, too, because if I if I did that with my the Android phone and enough people got pissed off, then they, they just tell Google, hey, why don't you go ahead and reach into that guy's phone and figure out exactly who you know, find out which contact ID right. every one of them pinged their contact tracing on. OK, that's the phone. Now we track it back to, OK, this this is where they OK, send the SWAT team. Yeah, they'll be coming to your door momentarily. People get very upset if you turn their Wi-Fi off. <laughs> yeah, well, people get very upset when they can't connect to their Insta or their TikTok or whatever the hell the, the kids are connecting to these days oh i tell you they're addictions well there's addictions and maybe rightfully so for some of these people um there was an article on the business insider let me find it here and screw them for locking stuff down behind a paywall it is uh it is nuts uh, screw who it was a business insider oh Okay, screw them. Because they had information that I was looking for. And then I found another article which kind of had the same information from them. But when it talks about, yeah. uh, there was an article, I'm like, well, I'm curious because this is Grumpy Old Ben's material. Can, can I give a, a really quick tip? If you hit a, a paywall where they give you the first few paragraphs and then say you have to pay in order to get in, uh, the, the first thing that I always try, and in fact, half the Search. time I don't know there's a paywall, 
Correct. is because I, it, without JavaScript, there's a lot of cases where the, the JavaScript that covers half of the story doesn't run. And therefore, I don't even know that there's a paywall. That's how uh, Forbes, for example, I can pull articles from there all day because I don't even know there's a paywall. Their JavaScript doesn't run. But even without that, if you're given the first paragraph of the story, just grab the first sentence and drop it into a search engine and you will probably find the same story somewhere else. Yeah, I tried that, but I, I still got another business insider lockdown oh. thing. Um, but it's OK because they another one of their articles had the information about this guy who he is a, a TikTok creator. His name's Preston CO, I guess, SEO. I'm probably butchering the name. He has been creating short videos about personal finance and entrepreneurship. So he maybe just, you know, a uh, uh, another Gary V type, but he only started posting his videos online. It says earlier this year. I don't know what month. I mean, we're only not even what, five months into the year or so. And he already has one point six million followers. He's like, well, you know, I do this kind of stuff, the finance and he, friends kept asking me questions. So rather than that, answering to my friends all the time, I just start making videos that that can't be organic. Dude does not have one point six million good friends. I would believe that is true. Now, how this went viral and he got this many followers. But the question was that piqued my interest. What's this guy making as an influencer? Because you've got one point six million followers on TikTok. And according to Business Insider, he and uh, provided them the information that they said they verified. They saw the the uh, this documentation from him. He said that he's making the most money on affiliate links. So I don't know exactly for what services. You know, you can do the show Amazon and a lot of places. If you pimp their product and give a link, they'll give you a percentage. I mean, NordVPN does that. That's what you see a lot of these YouTube videos like Brian Brushwood stuff where it's like, hey, NordVPN, go to NordVPN slash Rogue and make sure you sign up with Rogue because then, you know, they get money. Oh, yeah. This kickbacks, I believe, is the term you're looking for. Yeah. Well, it's it's an affiliate um, commission. Yeah. 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 Affiliate is is a a word used to legitimize kickbacks. kickbacks, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're saying something. So they do it in April of this year through affiliate links. He made forty five hundred dollars in May. $13,644. $13,644. And I'm thinking we're in the wrong business. Yeah. Why are we doing this again? I don't know. I mean, we just, we need to go to TikTok and, uh, and give short little, oh. I mean, the short, we, we don't need to do a two, two and a half hour show. We need to just boil it down into like 30 seconds and then boom, you are. Do making- you believe that we have the ability to do that? <laughs> no. I don't think we can even I don't even think there's anybody with the editing skills. And if we talked as fast as foam boy and did and edited the best possible way that we'd be able to get the information in in that short of a period of time. Oh, but my I, God. But I uh, thought this I, was fantastically interesting for somebody that. And again, I don't know if what kind of if he had anything backing him that isn't being talked about here. But if you really just started doing the TikTok thing five months ago and you're already making 13,000 in a month, you're doing something really well. Yeah. But, but the, the trick, the, the magic hand wavium there is how do you get a million followers in a month that, that, that does not happen organically. You, you either come in with that many people knowing your name and thinking you're awesome, or there's some shenanigans. 
Yeah. And I mean, come on, everybody listening, shenanigans. Tell everybody about Grumpy yeah, Old Ben's. And if there are shenanigans, let us know because we need some of those. Yes. We like uh, the shenanigans. But <laughs> you, you you were talking about the the compressing it down. I don't I don't remember which one it was. I, I had on my uh antenna pod. Uh antenna pod will go ahead and play all of your playlists in a queue. Um and uh or all all of you so it just Leo, you get to one end of one podcast in the beginning of another. Uh the one feature that I really want with antenna pod is a per podcast speed. Cause there are some where they play a lot of clips and they, uh, you know, a ton of drops and they end up taking, uh, 45 minutes of conversation and putting it into four hours. And I'm not mentioning anyone in, but, um, so I was listening to one of those on 2x speed just to get through it in, in a decent amount of time. And then the very next one that came on was, uh, abs in a six pack with, uh, Chris and phone boy. And it, doesn't slow down for going to a podcast where people speak at a higher speed. And <laughs> I, I like, I was like, holy shit, I haven't even had any espresso. Were you absorbing Why is it? My mind buzzing so fast. Yeah. We, we, it was it's like, you're absorbing it somehow. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It was, it was washing over me. It was I, I, like, I, I felt like my life was flashing in front of my eyes, but it really was just the whole podcast. I believe it. And, uh, this brings me to a story that Phipps was uh, recommending uh, for no agenda, but it seems more like a behind the schemes thing for a uh, boobery. Yeah, it seems like more of a, a rare encounter thing. So I figured we'd get to it first, which is uh, this was an article from a science yeah, be, magazine. Be, be, be careful because Abel Kirby hears this show. Oh, that's right. He listens on Monday. Um, the, the, the tag of the article is our advertisers coming for your dreams. Which this is, I mean, the, the the long story short was the people that wrote the article are like, they don't really think this is possible, but it's an interesting thing to consider that is this the next level for advertisers, which is to try to get into your brain while you sleep. Now, the only reason this seemed a little bit more plausible to me is one of the features of the talking tubes that I know are evil and all that. But one of the features that I like is if you're going to bed and you want some white noise, you could say play rain sounds, which I did last night, which I totally missed the tornadoes going overhead because I always play rain sounds when I'm sleeping. Yeah, Tornadoes are just rain sounds with a little light breeze. Yes. So, I, I mean, I totally missed that. But the it did occur to me that the device, even if it's not so smart, has to be semi-aware if somebody is always playing, you know, white noise, whatever the sound may be, between 11 o'clock p.m. and 7 a.m., they're probably doing that while they're sleeping. We know these yeah. devices also have microphones. So if you happen to be snoring or anything like that, it can hear you. So what you're saying is that this is a, a huge amount of wasted advertising space. That's what I'm thinking. And that's kind of the concept of this article. Although they said people, if they're not susceptible or if they're not aware of the fact that they're going to be hypnotized they didn't think it was possible for it to happen to people without their okay now it's interesting because we lived through the time i mean do you remember when the rage was oh you're trying to quit smoking oh buy this subliminal messaging tape and it just sounds like you know ocean sounds or maybe rain like the you know the 
stuff I listen to while I'm sleeping, but there's backwards messaging in there, which will be like, you don't want a cigarette anymore. You feel that better without the cigarette. Is, is backwards in messaging. Does that mean that they are that you have a bunch of reverse engineers in your dreams now? Exactly. And they get there by putting the audio of them saying this stuff into reverse on the tape. So it's your subconscious mind allegedly was picking that up, which I think that's, again, was another disproven hokum kind of a science, if you call it that. But this, I believe there could be something more to it. And I think we've talked about this just uh, briefly at times where I talked about the fact that I go to sleep a lot of times. I'll put earbuds in and end up falling asleep while listening to something like Rare Encounter with Abel Kirby and Cold Acid. Now, that's that's a that's a recipe for nightmares. I know, right? Um, I first noticed this while doing the face down thing for way too many weeks with the retinal surgeries. And one of the ways I, you know, for coping was uh, falling asleep without listening to something just wouldn't happen because your brain's like, oh, this sucks. And, you know, you can't get away from it. But I noticed because I was doing this a lot, listening to podcasts while falling asleep, that there were times that I would wake up aware of what the conversation in the podcast was and recalling very specifically believing I was in the conversation and trying, you know, if, you know, if I was listening to a grumpy old Ben's and you were saying something, I would in my dreams be like, no, no, Ben Rose, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And I couldn't understand why you wouldn't stop and listen to what I was saying, because I didn't realize I was in a dream. <laughs> I, I have to ask, because this is you, are you sure you weren't on the show? <laughs> it's very possible at times. I should have been. Uh, the show would have been better, but it was usually uh, no agenda and uh, tell them Steve, Dave and the Kevin Smith ones at the time. So it happened with that. And then it did happen more recently with a uh, with a show of Rare Encounter because and for it was really weird because whatever the argument was that I was having with Cold Acid and Abel Kirby and I believed that I was in school with them, which was weird because it was very much uh, the setting was like my high school and maybe not exactly my high school, but I have never seen a photo that I believe of either one of them. So I don't know how this all worked out on who they were, but it was like I was a part of the conversation and then woke up and was like, oh, that that was weird. But this leads me to believe that while you're dreaming, if there's these whatever sounds they are going into your ears from the outside can have an effect. So I believe this is more viable of a thing than people might believe, because the devices, especially now with like the Apple watches and people that wear the stuff while they're sleeping, that's to monitor their sleep. Oh, they know when you're in the right phase of these you know sleep cycle i I have i have no doubt that apple has been providing uh subliminal messaging to people in their sleep for years and years and years it's the only thing that can possibly explain why people still buy apple products even after steve jobs is not there anymore you know and the article talked about some of these people that were like no they they didn't want to be any part of this with advertising you know and they do this kind of stuff with the sleep and the you know different smells or different sounds and what that can do um, so, I mean, while this is on the fringe of science, I mean, it may, you know, people say it's kind of a junk science, but 
I think there may be more to that. I mean, I can see, you know, they've talked about a couple different studies, which granted were not wide scale or whatnot, but they talked about the company that owns uh, Coors, the Molson company, did a study where they had people look at like a Coors ad before going to bed every night, a 90 second video before falling asleep for like a week. And a bunch of the people said that they had dreams about Coors or about uh, seltzer or, you know, all this. So there is there is something to be programming people for. This doesn't take specialty devices either. This is something TV advertisers have known for 40, 50 years. You know, you you put your commercials in that right before bed slot and people are going to think about your product. It's gold. Yeah, it's marketing, you know, and that's it. If. you know, who's going to notice in the middle of the rain sounds while you're deep asleep if, you know, buried in, it doesn't even have to be super clear if it's just buried in the sound of the white noise, whatever the listen to Grumpy Old Ben's Grumpy Old Ben's dot com. I'm creeped the hell out now. Yeah. I mean, and this, and, you know, I, I, I don't have any devices like that anywhere near me while I sleep. You know, I wake up and and the subliminal messaging I've been getting gives me an uncontrollable urge to go feed the cats or something because, you know, they're the ones whispering in my ear. But, uh, you know, my wife has uh, she's I, I don't know. I, I think her device is, is as old as yours and and is immune to this. But, uh, I, you know, how many people you do what she does and you know she she listens to I don't think it's rain I think you know the, the screams of dying creatures or something but um <laughs> that's whatever soothes you whatever I mean, soothes at what your point soul do you have at what point do you like you've got it's not just what channel you're on it's not even just something pre-programmed you've got straight up Amazon sidewalk in your head at night now yes yes yeah. you know which is better I, than a uh, Chicago sidewalk but and is it maybe <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather dream of gunshots than they than than get the the promo commercial the, the house ads I am so sick of I I tried watching Amazon video for a while because there are shows that I want not nearly as many as they think that I want but there are some and every freaking one of them where you're like I'd like to watch this show and so what's the first thing they do they pop up a video right in front of you is like we think you should watch this show. I'm like, no, I clicked on the other show. Can you not fucking show me? Like, I don't want to see this stupid Eddie Murphy in a, a reboot of a 35 year old film where he and Arsenio Hall were doing slapstick for two hours. I, I want the one that I clicked on. But our algorithm said you wanted the other. The, the algo also thinks that the best time for me to buy a 30 pack of of toilet paper is right the moment after i bought a 30 pack of toilet paper yeah the algos are not always right uh, as phipps points out a lot of this uh, subliminal stuff is at you know allegedly inaudible levels which i mean you have to then argue the science there it's like it can't be inaudible if you're hearing it but it could be low enough in the mix that you're not paying any well, attention you know, amazon to it. did buy audible so it could just be inaudible oh that is what's it audible and uh digi guru asks uh if i've ever gotten to fuck adriana lima in my dreams and you know once that, or twice but you would think that that would be easily programmed but no well, go, it, it doesn't work that way for some reason go, go watch the the recent lucid dreaming episode of abs in a six-pack they they gave some pretty good tips on uh i'm supposed to it, watch to this do what do, was there a video of this that abs was doing no or? no you have to have installed the spy cam in in chris's studio it's not that hard oh okay because i mean really if you could program your dreams that way the guys would be like 
Oh, it's it's, it's six. I mean, what you're <laughs> describing is lucid dreaming. Yes. I wonder how lucid dreaming would run up against some of this subliminal Amazon messaging that you get it's or, like, or iPhone. Here's, like, how, here's how it would go. I'd be going to bed at like 6 p.m. because you could, you know, screw Adriana Lima in your dreams. Yes. And then you would be hearing Amazon ads while you're doing Adriana Lima going, shut up. Yeah. I'm busy like, here. Mood killer. Yeah. At least switch to the Pornhub ads or something. <laughs> yes. Do something. I mean, that's I get, the, like. And I, I can see just getting into it like some kind of a virtual fist fight with the, the Amazon logo. Be like, no, I'm in control of this dream. <laughs> yes. I want to be in control. I do. I want to. Um, but yeah, I, I've never really gotten the uh, the ability to harness that kind of ability to dream about whatever you want to dream about. I mean, it would make things a lot more fun. And I, some people claim to be able to do that. I don't know. I'm skeptical, as you usually are. But when it comes to the uh, the science of this advertising there was a quote in the uh, science this is how you know science mag really went out of their way they have a quote from elizabeth warren that's how you know that any any news outlet really went out of their way is when they have a quote from somebody yes and she says it is easy to envision a world in which smart speakers 40 million americans currently have them in their bedrooms become instruments of passive unconscious overnight advertising with or without our permission so uh See, I'm I'm not convinced that this isn't already part of Amazon Sidewalk. It could be. I mean, they're following you around. They want to make sure the Wi-Fi gets everywhere. And I'm glad my devices are old enough. And today's Prime I mean, I get, Day. I mean, woo. And, and and think about it. So they what they know is they because of Amazon Sidewalk, they know where every Amazon device is in your house. They know which people are are street sleeping, who's snoring, etc. And they've already got all of those Amazon marked vans driving up and down every street in America. Who's to say you can't just put a little speaker on top of there and drive down particular streets at a particular time and get a whole neighborhood at once? Maybe that'd be cool. Especially if you do it subsonically where it's just the vibrations. And we've already discussed Jeff Bezos literally looks like a Bond villain. Do you think that he's above this sort of thing? You know, who do you trust more? Apple, Amazon, or Google? Uh, is is there another option like no. like Adolf Hitler? <laughs> like, yeah, where's that Hitler guy when you need him? When you need when you need a trustworthy individual to compete with those three? That- okay, uh, everybody listening, go ahead. There's your ISO. <laughs> <laughs> which which one is it exactly? Uh, these. <laughs> Yeah, you'll find it. It's in the timestamp. Okay, good, good. If if I say it, you'll pull my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've learned this trick already. Oh, what did I say that was so crazy that it has to go at the beginning of the show? And then you repeat it. And I'm like, thank you. And now I know know, know where to find that. (laughs) But uh, I mean, this will be this is kind of interesting concept. Like I said, I would have just laughed this whole thing off as no, totally ridiculous, except I've had multiple experiences where I thought I was a part of something I was listening to while sleeping. I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous. Everybody has those dreams. You remember, because it's the last dream you had in the morning where you're, you know, doing whatever it is that you enjoy doing in your dreams, uh, you know, either painting or reading a book or having sex with Adriana Lima. And then suddenly right outside the window, there's some inconsiderate truck or machine or something going eh, eh, eh. and then a few seconds later you're like oh alarm clock we know this works yeah so uh we 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 scooped everybody like hagen does thanks to uh, (laughs) phipps giving us this story 
And I bet you'll be hearing about this on Rare Encounter behind the schemes. Well, I'm I'm waiting for the the firsthand reports. Yes, we need. I want to hear evidence. I want to hear evidence that this works because I. I, I I understand the the technology and I I my gut feeling is it works, but uh, of course the only things talking in my ear are the cats and uh, so far my my desire for friskies doesn't seem to have gone up or down with technology. So <laughs> yeah, but they're like buy better cat food, <laughs> buy us they, the good stuff. They they get pretty good cat food. It it comes in these little cans and it has like all this like. It's got chunks in it that it smells absolutely awful. So that's how, you know, the cats like it. And it's full of this gravy stuff that when you pop the lid open, it just it oozes. They love it. They're a huge fan. Yeah. If I, if they even recognize if I grab one of the cans off the shelf and walk toward the kitchen where I'm about to prepare it, then suddenly I have all the cats just staring at it like, okay, get over it. Get deal with it. Do it. <laughs> These animals have internal clocks. My uh, sister, and uh, her family brought their dog, little white foot fur ball over. And uh, the dog was fine for hours and, you know, just kind of doing its thing, would just lay down for a while. And about uh, 4 15 or so, it goes and it lays by the front door and just starts going. <coughs> and it's like, what's up with that? And they're like, well, um, she gets fed at 4 30. <laughs> so it's like, the dog's like, yeah, well, I know it takes us like five minutes to get home. And we better leave now if I'm going to be fed on time. And uh, yeah, it's like, we, we feed our cats twice a day. Uh, um, Lisa feeds them in the morning and I feed them in the evening. And sometimes my evening is is really full with, uh, you know, really important stuff like playing Borderlands or something. And uh, so some of the times I, I feed them at bedtime, like right before I go to bed. So the result is that the cats have figured out if I feed them right before bed, then really what they need to do is pressure me into going upstairs and going to bed because then <laughs> they know that it's feeding time. And it works. I, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, you know, you're right. I am tired. <laughs> oh, and I need to feed you. And I, yeah. And then sometimes it backfires and I go to bed without feeding him. Right. And then I'm assuming that uh, since they have access to you, that uh, that's yeah, when you wake yeah. up with a fur ball in your mouth. That's, and that's that's when I get the subliminal messages in, in the form of, of uh, you know, the, the head of a mouse on the pillow next to me or something. <laughs> that was a bird. That was. Yes. A, that'll happen. I mean, really, I've never met anybody else who had a dead animal delivered to their bed while they were sleeping. Yeah, that's, that happened. But hey. actually, I, it wasn't just dead. Uh, we, we've we also had a live animal delivered to our bed while we were sleeping. <laughs> Which one's more that, fun? I, uh, well, I, there was one point where I woke up to a loud thump against the glass of the window right above the bed and then something hitting the pillow. And I look over and here is a bird that has stunned itself by ramming the window and has fallen onto the pillow between me and Lisa and is just kind of flopping around like a retard bird that just concussed itself. I'm like, and then it gets up and starts flying around the room. <laughs> You're like, honey, it's your turn. <laughs> you know, she made me deal with it. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. And uh, we do have to there, deal there was, with some experts. Oh, good. It's a beautiful Is this Monday. the part where we have to do uh, some obligatory odometer talk? Well, CSB loved the odometer talk, but we'll get to his uh, donation. And again, he was the guy. That I guess your wife recorded an audio. I mean, she's like doing her own podcast, but yeah, just, she does her own podcast just for one person at a time. Yeah, just for CSB. And by the time he's like, oh, 
you should listen to this. He's like, oh, it's gone already. So she is very quick at uh, I'll post the audio clip so CSP can listen to it and then delete it. So that is the most dedicated podcaster right there. One host, one listener. I, I I bet that still exists if if people want to badger Dame Bemrose about it. See, I don't even remember. I, I I think I was there for part of it and I walked out during while she was recording, but I don't remember the topic. There was something about or odometers, and that was oh, uh, that's no, it wasn't odometers. It was uh oh, that's right. She was telling the story about how uh, our our Buick was haunted because it would it would kill the engine uh, while you were driving. And if you flip the blinker handle, but only if you turn on the left one, it would kill the engine. Wait, 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 wait. So you're driving and the, you, the you car, go, yeah. you go to turn like, left and you, you go you to hit, turn left and it's, and it's not if you off. turn left. It's not if you turn left. It's if you put on the left blinker. So the, the car would die if you change lanes to the left or if you got into a left turn lane and hit the, but it, it took a while to figure out what was killing it because who the hell thinks about the blinker? Nobody, except if it was every time that you hit the blinker, the car died. Well, and it took about four or five t- tries where we're like, why am I have to restart the car again? Because I put. And OK, why was this happening is the question, because, I mean, I know it takes a little for, electric. For this, you might from this, you might have to listen to the Dame Bemrose podcast. <laughs> OK, uh, we'll, we'll we'll find that. And wherever fine podcasts are distributed, the the case of the haunted Buick by Lisa Bemrose. But we're doing a different show. We do Grumpy Old Ben's, and we have an executive producer coming in today again with the algo from some young guy. And he did uh, say no note just in the morning, and thank you for your courage. He came in with 94.432005 algo, which uh, is U.S. $79.40. And said, wow, these, nice. Yeah, these are just some of the profits from last week's swing trading. So he's a guy who has the ability, and we've talked about this in Grumpy Old Ben's, that it takes some talent because crypto, it seeming seems every day, goes up at one point and then goes down. And if you're really good at catching it at the top and pulling your money out, and then it gets to the bottom and you put your money back in and you repeat this on a daily basis, that must be what he's doing. Cause, uh, it's it's day trading with a, a commodity that goes up and down, and I... You know, as as you probably know, if you're a longtime listener to Grumpy Old Ben's um, donations like this are exactly why you and I are all in for Bitcoin and all forms of crypto. We do like crypto. I mean, I know we get a bad rap because we point out things like, you know, China just shut everybody down and that's going to have an effect. Oh, you're crazy. I actually do like crypto. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, who was who was it? Uh. It's one of the the big politicians out there that was just had a line where they're like, well, uh, actually, oh, my God, I think it was Trump was like had a big line where he's like, I think that uh, that cryptocurrency is is a complete scam. And like, yeah, I think it was but, Trump. But we're not. That's not us. We're more like, OK, you know, we this is a really exciting technology, but don't go in with with religious fervor because you're going to miss some really obvious drawbacks you should be aware of and and then here they are and we take we get shit for pointing out for using common sense right you mean like the people that put their uh you know mortgage their house put all their money in when it was at sixty thousand, and now are like wait it's it's at thirty thousand now well they're waiting for it to go to a million obviously right which uh the long game suits me way better 
But if I had the talent and the time and the ability, I suppose, I would do what some young guy is doing. But for me, I just bought a bunch of the uh, the uh, um, Cardano. I can make the time, but what I don't have, I don't, I don't have the talent or the attention span. Yeah. I mean, I know what I would be doing, which is uh, selling at the exact wrong time. I mean, it reminds me of if you watched Silicon Valley, Gilfoyle, and he was working in an area with like, you know, a hundred different developers, but he was the head guy. So anytime Bitcoin hit a certain point, a really, really loud death metal song started playing. So he knew to log into his thing at home and, you know, sell the Bitcoin so he could then, you know, do this. And that's kind of what it reminds me of that you have to have the ability to be instantaneously notified when it hits the point you want it to hit and then be able to make the transaction quickly. Um, and you you also have to be able to like you have to be OK with a certain level of risk and and be able to to accept having a large sums of money disappear in a poof in an instant and then bounce back immediately. Most people, I don't think, can do that because there's only so many times you can commit suicide. Yeah. Well, there was a story. I didn't even bring it because it was so stupid, but it was all over the mainstream sites. The guy who bought twenty dollars of some strange no crypto that never nobody had ever heard of woke up and his uh, Coinbase account was showing him with like one point seven trillion dollars <laughs> cash out cash yeah, out. That's what he thought. And Coinbase is like, oh, no, we're going to have to investigate this. <laughs> something happened here and uh, uh, something happened bad. You know, it, th- I understand you can make a lot of money in crypto, but putting twenty dollars in and waking up a few days later with a trillion. That's uh, most that, likely I, not legit. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's that's not legit. That's that's almost Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, no, no, that's that's uh, they they they'd go further. That would be little Democrats would be like twenty trillion. Then we pay the debt. That's this could be Joe Biden's idea for this new six trillion dollars worth of spending. He's like they're you know never going to pay the debt. I could do it. Republicans, Democrats, no one is ever going to pay the debt. Joe's like, I could put 20 bucks into a crypto. Boom. We pump it. We dump it. It's worth 20 trillion. Boom. Everything's paid. Joe Bada doesn't. Pay. Joe doesn't understand the word crypto. He probably he can barely pronounce it. Let me let me do my impersonation of Joe Biden today. <laughs> Pudding. <laughs> that's Corn that's Pop was a really bad dude. That's all I got. Uh, coming in at 15 bucks. Darian Rundle. No note. No, nothing, but we thank you for your support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe. Then another crypto donation. This one from the great comic strip blogger, which is his point zero 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 three three Bitcoin, which was worth eleven dollars and seventy six cents when he sent it right after the last show. Now only worth ten dollars and eighty four cents. So, yes, but tomorrow it'll be worth eighteen. It could be. It very well could be. And he said, uh, I donated only because odometer talk was interesting to him. He likes odometers. So CSP, yeah, has I guess so. Very certain. This, he said this had nothing to do with keto, although he usually liked the you'll, keto. You'll go in post and take uh, the, the haunted Buick story that I told earlier and, and move it to this point where it's more appropriate, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. just, I already did that. It's, it's been yeah. taken care of. Kind of like you took out my bathroom break in the last episode. No, but that was the best part. I entertained the troops and things went well. Uh, comic strip blogger does have because I wasn't here. Right. He has a, a artificial intelligence podcast. So you know what? CSB can write us an AI that can move the segments around in I real love, time. I love his URL for, yes. for his podcast that he picked up. 
I don't know. I don't understand how this to me was like, I'm hungry now because it's AI dot cooking, which I know yes. there's a lot of crazy URLs, but the dot yes, cooking. I, I didn't even know that cooking was a TLD, but uh, but I, I should have guessed. It's like it's genius. I mean, it's I mean, it's one way to get. Well, you're not really getting a two letter domain if you then have a, a you know, the what's cooking is seven letters. I mean, that's longer than. But I mean, we've been yeah, a lot this cooler. is still shorter than most of the the domains you can get these days. Yeah, so What would be the I, best CSP? Why don't you have AI dot IO? That would be woo. That would be the one. That no, the no. One you what want. you do is you go get your own top level domain so that your your domain is just AI. Oh, that's awesome. Do that. Actually, CSP. there's probably a dot AI already. See, AI dot AI would have been even better. Yeah, than, that could work. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's, I, I wanted. But CSP doesn't love me, man. I wanted to uh, do one of his episodes for him. He's got a guy named Gwiff doing him. He's from you know Britain, so he's got that very sophisticated oh, yeah. accent. And uh, he's the one that's actually reading the stuff that CSB writes because CSB doesn't want anybody to hear his voice, even though he did a podcast at one point, And there's plenty of opportunities for people he, to hear he his did, voice. He did. Uh, he did Misinformed Nation yesterday morning. Ooh, I believe with is Gwiff has, has his side piece or uh, they're they're editing a new uh, voice in. I it, I don't know. You know, maybe it was it was I, I don't think CSB was writing for Gwiff on this particular one. But Gwiff might have been writing for Booberry. We don't know. That's very possible. But I asked, I'm like, CSB, can I do one of your podcasts instead of Gwiff with my shouty voice? Because he always says I have a shouty voice. I'm like, I wanted to do one of them. But he's like, no, that's Gwiff. I'm like, well, give Gwiff a day off. Come on, man. Blue Douche is already ridiculing you in the troll room for mocking his voice. <laughs> because it's that's because i mock csb's voice no or whose voice am i mocking i don't know your own maybe i don't mind the the accent that gwiff has we've talked over on the jitsi we're not making fun of gwiff he's getting married soon poor guy i mean didn't anybody warn him okay enough talking about him he didn't donate yeah i know csb did but that's his mouthpiece and you can find all of the csb ai goodness at ai.cooking and go to comicstripblog.com as well there's always some funny there, little doodles yes, going there's there. there's always a comic about darren o'neill in there somewhere yes and there what i told him and i had to send him a picture I, I think we mentioned this on the maybe the post show last time i'm like see uh csb i don't have the jesus hair anymore i got a haircut and he's like picture or it didn't happen and so i sent him a picture and he's like still got beard I'm like well yeah i didn't say <laughs> i didn't say i shaved the beard i just said i got the haircut <laughs> But now he could he could make his doodles even better. It sounds like CSB is demanding that you shave your beard. I think so. And I did not that long ago. I shaved. Uh, and I, but then I look like I'm 12. So and I love I love the odd social pressure that seems to still work. Whereas like Pixar, it didn't happen. Like, yes. like what was it? Yes. Yesterday uh, I was I was somebody asked uh, on NAS about uh, you know, who. How do you calculate the number of listeners? The you know, the listener count. The, the troll count. And I'm like, that was it, CSB. The, oh, was it? Okay. It, it, it was like, it's the number of people who are listening to the stream at that moment. And, uh, the, the, you know, the next question was, well, can anybody get this number or does it uh, certain people? And I'm like, well, only, only certain people have permission. And, uh, somebody else came back was like, uh, you know, prove it. How many people are listening right now? And, and I'm sitting here going, you know, it would be easy enough because I do have access to that. But why the fuck do I have to prove myself to you? Yeah. 
Don't jump through those hoops, even though there's 89 people on the stream right now. How, how, how could you know? Because I look into the troll room. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and there is a magical URL that only voids. There, there are knows. there are other magical ways, but the primary way is through the bot and only certain people can. Yes. Only certain people can tickle Doug in just the right way for him to give you the answer. But that's why you want to be in the troll room when we do these shows live Monday and Friday. Thanks, Phipps, for making me update the website, which still just said Friday. And I asked you before the show, I'm like, how long have we been doing these Monday shows now? Like two or three weeks? And you're like six yeah. months. I'm like, oh, well, we should have updated that long time ago then. Omega Project says, but I'm not listening. Yeah, but you still are a troll. Yes. Yeah. But we do a Monday and Friday, noon Eastern time. Noagendastream.com. If you want to get in on the troll room, if you just want to listen, you can go there or to grumpyoldbens.com and click the little play button and it'll all happen. It's, it just works. But coming in at 10 bucks today, Dame Lisa, one that you're not married to, uh, sent us. There are bucks. a lot of Lisa's that I'm not married to. Yeah. And all I, of them are I, so very happy about yes, that, too. <laughs> I, I don't think I can handle more than the Lisa that I have. So we're, we're uh, this is this is a good arrangement all around. This could be a new donation possibility for uh, Dame Lisa's just to send in a few bucks and be like, happy I'm not married to Bemrose. It could be the and, Dame Lisa and, donation. You know, it, that doesn't mean that I'm not open to a little fooling around on the side as long as. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, she she just. Oh, yeah. I, I should shut up now. So now Ryan's microphone will go silent for the next 28 minutes while he gets the properly deserved beating. But Dame Lisa says, finally giving you some value for value for grumpy old Ben's. I've been listening to every episode lately, so it is time. Thank you for your courage and thank you for your courage listening to grumpy old Ben's, especially live. I mean, you never know what's going to happen live when these things go on. I mean, when the crazy stuff happens, we edit it all out because we are notorious for editing things out. So you want to be here we live? Are? No, actually, the <laughs> we're, we're notorious for not putting our post show banter up as a podcast. Apparently, that's that's a thing that people want. Yes, it's much better show than you put that up. Yeah, I'm like, no, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard that a few times, too. Also coming in, the uh, art winner, Kenny Ben, otherwise known as Kendra. And there were people confused on Twitter. I think it was NetNed, like, oh, Kenny Ben is Kendra? Like, yes. It's very easy to get mislabeled when there's yeah, different you names know, even in, in the 30 years that I have been on the Internet, it still amazes me how many people are are utterly surprised and fascinated when they discover that one of the human beings they've been interacting with online is female. <laughs> like, do you not realize that they, they those people exist? They're out there. They're your sisters. They're your mom. Well, I mean, maybe. But it, in 2021, it's hard to tell. I understand that. But I, why are you surprised when some of the people you've been talking out about or to turn out to be a different gender? <laughs> Like that changes everything. It it really doesn't. Phone boy says on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. It's yes, or you know, back in the day when we used to say, uh, you know, the internet where the the women are men, the men are men, and the twelve year old girls are FBI agents. That is sadly accurate, and it, people are still falling for it, which is the insanity. But Kendra comes in with the lucky seven seven seven. It says happy monday xoxo we appreciate the support uh cameron white coming in with 633 i believe that's a monthly we've had cameron before and we appreciate that and uh, filling us out today a guy that was on with a uh, crypto 
donation last time. His monthly 333 came in. Bacon Dude, who we appreciate, Bacon Dude. And uh, he's just being awesome because who doesn't love bacon? We we appreciate bacon, but that goes without saying. But we also very much appreciate Bacon Dude. And we appreciate everybody for contributing to this little podcast. Uh, you know, just kind of uh, feeding into our insanity. I mean, we appreciate that. Egos. Yes. Egos. Yeah, that, that also helps. And if you want to take part in this fun little experiment, we do work on the value for value model. We're not doing subliminal advertising yet. You can go over to we- grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Click the donate button for a one-time monthly donation through PayPal. You can use one of the QR codes or Bitcoin address or address for Ethereum or for the uh, Cardano. And I think we added Algo up there. So there's a bunch of the uh, crypto wallets up there if you want to do that because we hate crypto that's why we don't uh that's why we don't take any crypto except we do and you can use the p.o box address if you want to go the snail mail route those are always appreciated since uh, nobody takes a percentage but any of those are appreciated and we appreciate the support and you're the time yes. listening to us ramble on i mean i mean if we could get these shows in in like 13 minutes we could have a lot more free time I can't get some of my rants in in under 13 minutes. Yeah, you're like, okay, we, we've, we've only got three we, hours on the show left. Do you mind if I start talking about this? Absolutely appreciate all of our experts for proving to the world that we are, in fact, as clever and charming as we think we are. We are. That was still the best review we've ever gotten of this podcast. And all thanks to uh, Chris, comrade Chris, whatever he goes by now. Uh, he wasn't wrong. He was not wrong. But uh, I mean, speaking of. Uh, the reviews. I mean, I wanted to talk about this. I know we've talked about this a few times, but it's back in the news again. The whole concept of Amazon fake reviews, which I mean, who doesn't know reviews online are fake yet? I, is this uh, I, there's got to be somebody, m- maybe people who aren't online. But Amazon, I thought this was an interesting take on this. This was a Breitbart article. Amazon blaming social media companies for their failure to remove rampant fake reviews. And uh, claiming that bad act, yeah, this pot kettle, (laughs) this is it. Amazon's, I'll I'll boil this down for you. Amazon's blaming the massive amount of fake reviews on their service, on their website. When you go to Amazon and you click whatever it is you're thinking of and you see all those reviews. Yeah, these are the reviews they're talking about. The problem is Facebook and other social media, but mainly Facebook, I think they allow these companies to have little groups where they offer people free products for, you know, for the five-star reviews. And it's Facebook's problem for letting these people be free and communicate, which is legal. It's legal to offer people products, too. Now, the people have to legally uh, say, if you're in the United States and you get a product, you know, if somebody sends me this year Tervis that I'm drinking my coffee out of for free in order to review it, whether I leave it a one-star, five-star review doesn't matter. If in the review, I have to say, I received this for the purposes of doing this review. Now, if they don't do that, that part's illegal. But there's nothing illegal about a company starting a Facebook group or going onto Twitter and going, hey, we're giving away 500 sets of headphones. If you want to give us a five-star review, let us know. That's legal. If, if there is one, if you have to distill down who is to blame for fake reviews on Amazon's site? It's it, I, I, I'll give it to you. The, the simplest explanation. It's Amazon's fault because they 
are providing a mechanism whereby humans can leave reviews. You don't Amazon could exist and be the only place in the entire Internet. People would leave fake reviews pushing this off on somebody else. This is this is marketing. This is yes. And and I say that with all of the disdain I can muster. This is this is PR. This is like AKA bullshit. Well, and it's funny because I've left, well, a, a great deal of Amazon reviews back in the day, but there have been a couple of products that I reviewed recently just to see how things were working as far as the system now. And one thing I you, did you notice have only bots review these days. Yeah, I know. That's what you'd like to hear. Um, but the one thing I noticed, which makes this even more unbelievable is back in the day, you know, we're talking more than four years ago or so before this change. Uh, so probably five years and more when I would post a review, it was up on Amazon site within minutes. I mean, there was no checking. There was no, you didn't get the idea that anything was being moderated. Now, when you post a review, it will take a couple of days for it to be posted, which means not only is there a fake review problem, but Amazon can't figure it out because they're looking at all this stuff and okaying them before they hit their website. So if they, well, if they can't figure it out, then that's just how much time it takes to resolve the captcha. You know, <laughs> that may be. Click, click every icon that has a pixel. No, now do it again. You did it wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. You missed one here. Do it again. No, there's okay. Now, now show me everything that has a cat, but there aren't any cats. Do it again. You know, yeah, there are but, no captures when leaving Amazon reviews. I'll, I'll give that to them. But you have to be logged in with an account, which I also think this should be. I mean, I understand I could be doing fake reviews. But then again, you would think the algorithm would be able to put this two and two together like, oh, they're using. Uh, well, it's weird that he bought 10 different sets of headphones all from the same company and gave them all five star reviews. That's a little weird, isn't it? But obviously, they're not catching that. They're blaming, again, social media for allowing these people to congregate. This is from an Amazon blog post. Quote, in the first three months of 2020, we reported more than 300 groups to social media companies who then took a median time of 45 days to shut down the groups from using their services to perpetrate abuse. It's like So what, what I'm hearing is uh, you are not good enough at censoring free speech on the Internet. Yes, on other platforms is the problem. Yeah. Rather than, you know, having a uh, maybe something where you could verify. I mean, everything's verified. I'm not saying everybody wants to opt into this kind of stuff. But if people want to verify and with an Amazon account, you kind of are verifying every time I place an order that I'm a real person buying stuff. Now, you don't know if somebody's paying me back for all of the things, I suppose. But again, I find it very hard to believe that Amazon can't take care of this internally because they're the ones selling a lot of this AI stuff to like law enforcement and that. And if you can't figure out what a fake review is, then I honestly, I think I think the big failure here is that Amazon is, is still trying to to push the narrative that we have non fake reviews. You, you you can't take open reviews without this problem being inherent. Yes. And and selling a site where you say all of our reviews are legitimate is just straight lying to your customers. Just either either 
come up with a way to, uh, you know, like limit your reviews in such a way that they're almost useless or just acknowledge, hey, you know what? You need to you need to go in with your bullshit detector turned on. And if I can uh, make a recommendation to comic strip blogger for AI dot cooking, cover fake reviews and how to take care of the issue. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, because I think this is maybe someplace you could start, um, you know, looking at. And I'm wondering if these companies, these companies have probably gotten a little bit better because back in the day they would recommend like, oh, you know, say this, you know, talk about this feature. And if enough of the reviews use the exact same verbiage, of course, they're going to get hit, which would make sense. And AI can figure that out. You know, there would be a way to figure out the, you know, if the language was similar enough. Um, But I think this is a problem that really took off when Amazon decided that people could no longer get free products for the purposes of doing the reviews, which, of course, put all of this stuff underground. It was kind of like the drug problem, the war on drugs. You know what happened when you start selling, you know, weed legally in all these places? Well, you have a lot less problems with illegal drugs. You have a lot less problems with the people selling the illegal drugs because, you know, while some people still will buy that way, there's a lot of people that would rather just go down to the store and and pick it up. and. This is what happened with Amazon when they're like, well, no, we're not going to allow anybody to do reviews. Well, of course, I uh, daily still get multiple emails and they're all the same. I'm okay. Wait, that's unfair. They're not all the same. Some companies are still legit and say, we just want you to review the product. We will pay you immediately once you order it. And we don't care if it's a five star, one star. We want you to be honest. But that's about five percent of the companies. Uh, majority are you leave us five star review, then we pay you, and that's bullcrap. Yeah. Well, also that happens to be every app on every smartphone. It's it's not just Amazon. Amazon, yeah. And in Amazon's defense, this is a really hard problem. I, if for no other reason than just look at the numbers, how many people are trying to make reviews trustworthy? That would be. Probably a medium-sized department at at Amazon, another one at Google, another one at, at Apple, say, all told, 500 people. How many people are trying to break the review system for <laughs> their own personal gain? Yes. That would be everybody else. You know, and I mean, to be fair, when this was in its heyday, which this all stopped right about the time that I had my retinal surgery, so we're going on four and a half, five years now, but... I was making way more money just in the even if you figured that like uh, there was a 50 percent markup on all the products, I was making way more money getting free stuff than I was uh, have ever made podcasting. I mean, there was no shortage of people that wanted reviews. And the reality was, if you went to my Amazon page, which Amazon gave people a chance to do. You could see every review that I left in one place and you could see that I left one star reviews, two star reviews, three, four and five. This wasn't a all five star review thing. This wasn't an all one star hit job thing. The reviews were well thought out. And you know what that did for people was if I reviewed something, they could probably believe it because I had a track record rather than what they have now, which is all of the reviews are pretty much meaningless because nobody's able to follow what other people are doing. And uh, 
Oh, come on. Clyde Johnson 317, who said, great product. I love it. And left five stars. That's totally trustworthy. Or or it's Amazon customer is what the name is. And that always makes me laugh. Um, And there were just like so many issues with the reviewing process. I mean, of course, you should give people more credit when they're doing video reviews and stuff like that. Well, they'll, they'll break things down. I mean. I mean, hell, I did, what, a half hour on the Winston device that we talked about here, and there are people that are trying to do legitimate reviews like uh, MK, uh, M, uh, MBKD, I'm probably screwing, I'm screwing that up, Marquez Brownlee's channel on YouTube that he does all of the cell phones and stuff like that. He's doing a really good job, and he doesn't give a pass to Apple when they come out with stuff, even though he's an Apple fanboy. There's some Apple products he loves, and there's some that come out, and he's like, oh, no, you didn't hit this one, Apple. You know, this well, isn't Grumpy good. Old Benz doesn't give a pass to Apple either. No. Give us money, too. Yeah. We always support us. I mean, <laughs> we don't really do product reviews here, because that's not... We we kind of do. In the we wheel. Just, well, not all the time. We don't present them as product reviews, but we have done them. We have, in fact, on, my, on favorite is, my favorite is when I review an Internet of Things device. Well, we should bring some more of those. I've got one. Ooh. Actually, before we do that, I've got some breaking news Uh-oh. Um, that uh, this was just announced on NAS by Adam Curry, who who would know these things, um, that the podcast index now has four million podcasts. Woo! How many That's- are current? How many podcasts do we have going right now? How many are recording as we speak? Well, if if Adam is listening to us right now, then <laughs> then he honestly, I, I don't think he'll respond to you, but he might. You never know. Uh, he is, uh, either way, I, that, that's quite an accomplishment. There's the podcasting is, is clearly, well, for one thing, it's one of the last places where you're not, uh, censored for everything that you say. It's really hard to do anything on a big site anymore. That is, it's, it's one of the last industries where the, the hosting providers are not conglomerated into one or two or three giant corporations. They're all small companies that still care what the customer think. It's, I, I the podcasting is still represents freedom in a lot of cases, and there's not a lot of things on the internet still have that. So I think it's quite an accomplishment. I just had to mention it is, and you can go to podcastindex.org get a lot more information, including yes, right now four million one hundred and sixty one podcasts listed, ninety three thousand eight hundred and twenty one have updated within the last three days, and two hundred and fifty eight thousand four hundred and forty two in the last 10 days which if you want to kind of try to figure this out quite a lot yeah that means like on weekly podcasts that's about a quarter million that's a lot of content which is why we always thank people for giving us their time i mean we want your treasure too but that's our competition by the way yeah two hundred and fifty eight thousand four hundred and forty two podcasts i mean only ninety three thousand in the past three days that doesn't mean they're every three days i'd have to average these things out but that's still a really big number new content coming out all the time there is like the amazon reviews there is a big time because of advertising even though we don't do advertising this is all the same bit which is people want your attention for for various reasons and it's an honor when uh when people are listening to the show especially people like uh Rhett, who said she was going from pretty much episode one through i hope she hasn't lost her mind yet <laughs> if you've gone from episode one, I, I, if if she's listening to them in, in order, 
I sure did. So <laughs> join the club. It, when did it happen exactly? I am not the same person as when we started this. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I mean, you were you were the uh, you were the podcaster I, that was a little. It, it, it was this the slow, tragic metamorphosis into a podcaster. You were the reluctant podcaster. And now it's like yeah. twice a week. I mean, you're like, I only got twice now you a can't week. shut me up. Yeah. I mean, I, what do you mean? I only got like six hours a week to bitch. I, I need more. I need to schedule <laughs> more time. Hey, uh, Adam Curry, can we get we need more time on the stream for uh, Bemro's bitching. OK, we'll see. So as long as we're there, I'm going to give my review of the SpaceX Starlink. Actually, Ooh. this isn't a review because I am not going to be thorough. I'm just going to cover uh, a particular effect that seems to be going on right now. and. Uh, I'm I'm going to start with the uh, the preface that as a Silicon Valley company who exists in California, this is something that uh, that SpaceX has has fallen into the same trap that Tesla did before. This is a, a common Elon thing, but it's also a common Silicon Valley thing. And that is you create a brand new technology. You test the hell out of it in California. And then you spread it outside and you realize not everywhere is like California. This particular one uh, comes from Tech Global News. I'm not sure who those are, but it uh, it was it was an article or a blog post. I don't care. Um, SpaceX. And, and you know, they that that it being an Elon company, they like to name things exciting. Well, their their dish in their beta test is called Dishy McFlatface. <laughs> hey, um, you know what? Now I, I had no interest until that point. OK. Uh, okay, you you know what Starlink is, right? Yes. I mean, I had no interest in buying the product, but now I'm like, well, if oh, I can okay. get a dish called uh, Stinky McFarland or whatever. <laughs> dishy, dishy McFlatface. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I meant. So uh, just for people who aren't aware, Starlink is the, the new, is SpaceX's new response to satellite internet. The, the ultimate problem with satellite internet is that up till now, it has always been Latency. implemented with it is latency. It has always been implemented with geostationary satellites and a geostationary satellite in order to orbit at the same speed as the planet Earth, um, which is one revolution in 24 hours, uh, which is exactly how much you ha- that has to be your orbital speed so that it always appears over the same spot on Earth all the time. And and that's. There are a lot of satellites in geostationary orbit because it means that you take a dish and you point it in a very particular direction. The satellite will always be that location relative to you. It's uh, it's a very useful orbit. But the problem is that orbit is really high. It's like uh, 20,000 miles high, like hog story uh, high or bowl bowl after bowl high. No, it's way higher. I, in fact, I don't think Fletcher can even get that high. Cool. Um, Spencer, maybe. But. Uh, at that distance, you need, you know, you're, you're in order for a packet to transfer from you to the satellite and back. There is the limitation on the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second or, or, uh, you know, three, 300 kilometers per second, 300 million. Anyway, then anyway, the, the, the speed of light takes something like 190 milliseconds to get from Earth to geosynchronous orbit. And back it's so the result is that with no processing time whatsoever, your minimum possible latency with geosynchronous satellites is always basically 200 milliseconds. And uh, that's probably okay for a web page. It's no good for online gaming or a lot of the or or for clean feed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
Starlink is intended to try to solve that by uh, they have much uh, a mesh network of much, much lower satellites. Uh, the, the way orbits work is that the lower you are, the faster you go, which means that, uh, you know, they've got satellites that are only uh, 100, 150 miles high. I'm not certain how how high they are, but they are much, much closer to Earth. Which means that the latency uh, at the speed of light is significantly faster and you can actually get um, the, the only thing is you have to have a ton of satellites all moving at the same time because they're constantly passing overhead at high speed. Their orbital speed has to be that fast. So the result is you when you connect to a Starlink, your dish just goes up to whichever satellite happens to be overhead at the moment and bounce packets and then the packets bounce back and forth between each other and eventually they hit receiving stations it's a cool idea but it requires a lot of satellites anyway i i I only mentioned that because it was useless background because i'm fascinated by starlink i really like the technology that has nothing to do with this article oh well and i do want to point out this could be a a signal for everybody out there when i just pulled because you're talking about what round trip time was in milliseconds between the devices and the things in orbit i pulled up our current Network round trip, 66 milliseconds. That means it's 33 milliseconds between you and me. That's uh, no agenda. People are freaking out right now. Yeah. Well, and and obviously that signal does not go out 23,000 miles and come back. Probably moves along the ground. Or it doesn't. Or maybe it does. Maybe we're breaking the laws of physics, man. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a beta tester in Arizona, guy named Martin, posted an image to Reddit that had a an image of the Starlink app because, of course, they have an app. Well, everything um, is an app. So it was an image of his phone. It said, offline, thermal shutdown, dish overheated. Starlink will reconnect after cooling down. <laughs> this is a person in Arizona using a technology... That was alpha tested in California, where it doesn't get as hot as Arizona. Um, the dish, uh, according to the company, the dishes that they distributed will go into thermal shutdown when its internal temperature, which is a, a sealed PCB uh, or a sealed container with a PCB in it. Uh, if the internal temperature reaches 122 Fahrenheit, it goes into shutdown to prevent it from thermally melting. Um it then will automatically reboot as soon as the temperature goes down to 104 Fahrenheit. These are dishes in Arizona with the sun shining on them. Um, so according to the uh, and, and insert stock comment about a, a yet another news source getting their story from Reddit. But uh, in Reddit, it was obvi- pointed out that um, it, it doesn't in the summer. It only gets below. 104 in the middle of the night so that's the only time you get internet i guess um that seems inconvenient he says says that he got his internet back by running a sprinkler over the dish (laughs) yes yes you gotta cool that dish but as soon as he turned the sprinkler off he got about 15 more minutes of internet and it went into thermal shutdown again so uh yeah if you live somewhere that's very very warm starlink is not for you right now now admittedly they're not they're not fully released yet, and they might right. go back and find a way to fix this. Yeah, liquid cool it. A, yeah, I do. I don't know. Come up with some method. Put put heat fins on it or something. Add a spoiler. It always makes everything look better. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, anyway, it it, it I, I looked at this story and went, "This is this is classic California reasoning." Of well, we tested this in the San Francisco area, 
And even though the outside temperature never got above 75, everything worked great. So, of course, it's fine. (laughs) No, there are places that have different climate. No, no, the climate is changing, though. It's going to cool down. That's the other question is, is how are how can they possibly say they're prepared for climate change with a system like this? Obviously, they're not. Obviously, they're not. And when you keep talking, you said something about an app, and it just occurred to me that I should put a bounty out. If somebody can get an app into the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, which is just called Bembrose Hates Apps, and the app just opens up to say, why are you opening me? We'd have to have a bounty for that. I think that would be kind of fun. Well, it, it, we, we've, we talked about that before, and the idea for the app was that you launch it, it says, fuck you, and closes itself. And then deletes your phone. <laughs> well, the only, and the only thing that, that would be better is if it also adds a bunch of stuff to your host's file at the same time. Yeah. I mean, so, so well, use your creativity. We have a lot of people that write code out there. They use your creativity. Change all 404 pages to redirect to grumpyoldbens.com. No, 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 no. You redirect them to start playing the latest episode of Grumpy Old Benz. So that Ooh, yeah. way the numbers get boom. Uh, you know, I bet people would get real damn good at <laughs> typing their URLs correctly if they did that. Yes. If, if you type the wrong URL and all of a sudden you heard the modem sound at the beginning of Grumpy Old Benz, boom. People would. I mean, that is one way to train. That's how you train animals. You know, this happens. You get you know squirted with a squirt bottle and then they stop doing that. Yeah. You're not supposed to squirt yourself with a squirt bottle. You're supposed to squirt your Internet dish. Yes. Well, to keep it cool. Yes. That's important if you don't want it to uh, overheat, which, I mean, OK, I, you know, they're going to fix that problem. But it's just kind of funny that this wasn't figured out that Arizona, Las Vegas, parts of Texas. There's a lot Half of areas of California that are very, very warm. Yeah. If they had gone as far as Palm Springs, they might have figured it out. Exactly. Maybe do a little more testing, which is, I guess, if they're still alpha, we have to give them a little bit of a break. Maybe. I, I think technically it's in beta now, but sort of. Yeah. I mean, the other part of Starlink is they don't have nearly enough satellites up to to give a full network yet. So there's still connectivity problems that that particular problem will be solved if they can manage to get more satellites up, which I think is, is mostly a regulatory thing, but otherwise you only have internet every eight minutes while you wait for the next satellite to come. Something <laughs> that'd be, a, see, that would keep, that would keep your podcasting pithy. Like we got eight minutes. Yes. <laughs> and then the satellite will be gone. I mean, like, yes, I, I would become very good at the eight minute rant. Yeah. And then the, the 52 minute coffee break, pee break, and then be back for the next eight minutes. It would, now, if we had to still do a two-hour show, how many days would it take to record one show every eight minutes an hour? Uh, you could be podcasting every single day. Yeah. Somebody do the math. Wait, you already are. Yeah. Well, at least four days a week. Well, no, five days a week. I just don't do the one day live. So there's still right. time. But I mean, speaking of heat, if you're done with that. Uh, yes. There was a what story. Uh, another one from the business no, insider. Another way over time. Got it. Yes, this and uh, we we got a link also that I will put in the show notes from our buddy, Sir Omaha, that they're doing this in his area as well. But this was an article about people that were surprised. Um, We can call them morons because they signed up in Texas and you can do this in other places as well for a plan to help save power. And we've talked about this, how the power companies all want to send us stuff like, oh, yeah, you're using way more. And they don't like that because they don't. I mean, it's the only business in the world that's like, my only thing that I do is provide you with this, but I want you to use less. 
<laughs> no. Every other business in the world is like McDonald's is like, we only provide you with hamburgers, but we want you to eat 15 a day. You, you know? don't want to save the earth, do you? No, I don't. I'm only going to be around for another like 30 to 50 years max, you know, even if we're figuring in some really good medical science. So what happens after that? Don't really care. That's the next guy's problem. And that may seem cold, but I'll be dead and buried and cold and it won't really matter. But these people in Texas who signed up for the conservation program called Smart Savers Texas. Well, it is. We were just talking about it gets warm in Texas. And you don't say people were like, why is it getting warmer in my house? And they realized that what they signed up for with their smart little thermostats was the ability for the electric company to go. It's warm outside. I'm raising your thermostat to a higher temperature. And they were surprised by this. Yeah. Um, the, the, Adam brought a clip on uh, no agenda yesterday about this very thing. And, uh, you know, the, 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 per, of course they, they interviewed, they found the one family who, who was maximally inconvenienced by this, uh, at, on the local news station was, was, you know, people saying, well, you know, we, it, it takes a really long time to, to get our house uh, down to temperature when it gets this warm. Like, okay. For first of all, what kind of fucking McMansion do you live in? <laughs> I mean, it depends <laughs> how hot it is. I mean, cause there's a. There yeah. is a mathematical and, formula. And it depends on whether or not you have any insulation in your house. That's but, true. But it's also there's a mathematical formula that the air conditioner that you have can only cool the air X amount of degrees. You know, so it pulls the air in and uh, there's only so much that it can do. And they're not magic. So, yeah, the hotter it gets in the house and outside, the longer it takes for it to cool down. But oh, yeah. You know, you should but, know I mean, that. I'm just thinking that it was the classic local news sob story, though, about how they, you know, they had grandma who was having fainting spells because of the heat and everything. Yeah. I mean, they, they they had to tug heartstrings. Well, yeah, the uh, business the insider thing- did, too. Oh, Brandon English, a oh, Deer God. Park, Texas resident, told KHOU 11 about his, you know, what was my daughter at the point of overheating? She's three months old. They dehydrate very quickly. Well, then, then yeah. maybe don't then- sign up for this plan. Well, okay, so the 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 UX that Adam described because he he lives in that part of Texas. Uh, although he he keep uh, apparently he's leaving, so congratulations yes. on that. Um, leaving the city of Austin, moving I don't know thirty miles out, which in Texas is nothing, but whatever. Um, that's fine. He, he you know what? If he's going to a better place, a better place. But his description though was in the apartment that they had in downtown Austin, where he had a nest in the apartment and he says that there was one day when he goes by the nest and it shows uh, a line that says something like uh do you want to knock a couple dollars off of your bill <laughs> yeah. by signing up for our energy saving program or something like that and if that's what actually happened then i don't necessarily blame the people who signed up for it because that's some sneaky ass marketing and and a little bit of bait and switch if if it's it was a, a matter of if it was a matter of, you know, please call up and say that you want to have your your thermostat controlled by the power company, then, yeah, you get what you pay for. I I would look at this and go, it's a scam and never do it. But then again, um, as as you might be aware, there are no thermostats in this house. I here's here's the way I keep my house warmer and cooler. If I want the house to warm up, I add fuel to my wood stove. If I want the house to cool down, I don't add fuel to the wood stove. I, I don't get this whole thermostat thing. 
It's very confusing. And uh, Fletcher points out that he has worked in HVAC and that the AC can only cool 20 degrees cooler than the outside. I think ours was 18. I mean, that's probably about average then, depending on the machine. But it's like, yeah, if it's 120 degrees outside and your house is starting at 120, yeah, you're going to you're going to have a real problem getting that down. And I mean, I agree. I don't don't think it's the maximum amount of cooling so much as, uh, you know, with the thermostat, it's it's if if somebody remotely shuts off your thermostat and it gets up to 95 degrees in the house, it the house is unlivable for the next two days while the thing chugs at maximum power to try to get back down. Yes. And that's what all these thermostats, these smart things try to do. And if the weather is not being extreme out, then it makes a lot of sense where if you're out of the house, as the wife and I used to be, you know, before I became a full time podcaster, grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate, then the would go up, you know, in the summer. You didn't need to be running the air full bore all day long. It was like, well, you know, kick it back in at five o'clock. So by the time we get home, you know, it's cool. Or maybe you, you kick it in at four o'clock. But there were a few hours during the day where you didn't need it to be at maximum cool or for the winter, the same thing, especially you didn't need it to be at maximum heating because the heating does work a lot better than the cooling when you're trying to get uh te- you know t- temperature added quickly is a lot better than trying to take temperature away well, if, if it's a heat pump the the heat pumps operate on temperature differential and and if it's if you're furnace, trying to baby. get it to if you're trying to oh furnace yeah okay furnaces operate on con- on consuming uh fossil fuels oh yeah baby they light up and they get hot just like but I was going to say, even a heat pump is better at heating than cooling in a lot of cases, because if if you're trying to cool from 85 to 65 in your or, or 70 in your house, that's a 15 degree differential. And that's all it has to work with. But if you're trying to heat from 20 all the way to 65, that's a much larger differential. So it's going to be more efficient. And what they're offering, I don't know what the Texas was offering for this. But the one like a buck off the I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of speculating because yeah. it, it can't it can't have been that much because they've never turned it on before now. Yeah, which is why everybody thought it was a bait and switch. They're like, oh, I didn't know you could do this, like because you didn't read the fine print. Well, and this is the scary part about all of the smart grid stuff, because it's not only your thermostat that they can possibly do this with. If you have a new dishwasher, if you have a new washing machine and dryer it's possible for the power company to be like nope not letting you turn on that washing machine or dryer right now because oh yeah you know, where there's too much demand so it's like but i need to do my clout nope you will do the, the, what we tell you when we tell you the power company around here was offering uh, a rebate plan where if you buy a brand new appliance i think it was like washer dryer uh, or refrigerator or something i don't know well, yeah, they do um, it here and, with and yeah, you got one you got one of the smart ones and you signed up for the plan where you plugged into their system then they would give you uh you know a hundred dollars off the purchase price of, and i'm like a hundred dollars over the entire life of my dryer and now it's not my dryer no thanks yeah but to be fair comment here they give you up to uh two a year fifty dollar rebates on air purifiers which we we like to run the air purifiers but the you know the filters cost like 30 to 50 bucks to replace them well they'll, they'll give you 50 dollars off twice a year which actually makes it easier just to buy a cheap air purifier use it for a year take the 50 dollar rebate and then throw it away i mean it's actually cheaper 
And I don't well, know if ComEd realizes that they're encouraging in the guise of saving power. That what Hooray for <laughs> capitalism in the face of perverse incentives. This yes. is what you get when you have somebody in government who thinks that they're smarter than capitalism. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's like, this does not make any sense. But in this case, at least in uh, Omaha, our buddy, Sir Omaha, sent me the link to theirs, which was enroll your smart thermostat and get $95 in credits. Yeah. So the the one last story that I have, and this was sent to me by no less than four people over the last week, uh, is one I am not going to talk about. <laughs> what? Wait, wait. Somebody sent you an, uh, something, but you're not talking about it, but you're talking exactly. about it. The story is Windows 11. Oh, yeah. But and Microsoft has an official announcement on Thursday. So we will talk about Windows 11 on Friday when there's something official. Because right now, although it looks pretty damn compelling from the information I've seen, it is technically still all rumors. And that's not really what we do here unless it's really entertaining. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. So we, we want the details. So I, I am just promising so that we, we are bound by this, that we will be talking about Windows 11 on Friday. Even if it's only to ridicule the name and the uh, well, Sun Vista or what was it? Sun, something like that. I mean, because they want to go all they want to go all um, Apple sounding, sadly. Yes. Yes, they do. Because it was something like and, Sun and, Vista. And right? they have permission to move off of 10 because Apple finally did. Yeah, it took them like a decade to do it. Um, the only yeah, Sun Valley, Windows Sun Valley. Um, the question that was brought up on No Agenda Social, and the only thing that I'll guess speculizing wise is uh, speculizing, uh, speculating wise is will there be a charge or will this be a free upgrade for anybody that has any version of Windows since like Windows 95? Yep. I'm and and I've read I've read uh, no shortage of articles where people with absolutely no information whatsoever gave their opinion on why they think it'll be pay or why they think it won't. I think it'll be free. I'm going free. Are you rolling the dice? I'm going to go ahead and form my opinion sometime after the Thursday announcement. <laughs> Mutter just Bemrose does. What? Mutter just Bemrose does in the troll room. Like you did good- over on abs in a six pack. Oh. Mutter just came back into the troll room and says, has the grumpy old Ben's episode ended yet? No, yeah, Mutter. He's, he's not on the show. <laughs> it's close. This is another one of those parts that you should cut out and won't. How do you normally end these things? <laughs> normally just... by saying and from America's left coast, but I have to wait for you to, to say something first. <laughs> well, with that said, we will be back on Friday to cover all the Windows news fit to talk about, which means it might take 30, 40 seconds. But yeah. we'll find out. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving us your time. I am coming to you from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the bullets haven't gotten me. The weather hasn't gotten me, but I'm still eating the barbecue. So that'll probably get me. And from America's left coast, where corporations reverse engineer our dreams and I may never sleep again. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Be